welcome back to another episode of Who Do You Think You Are? I am episode 27. It is I, Chenz, in the new studio across from Puma. Yo. And Matt on the phone. Uh, Max, Max Pat from uh, from Dad Duties joining paternity us. Paternity leave, if you will. Yep, paternity leave. There you go. Uh, we're changing up the timing. We're changing up the studio. Going going back to the old time, but new location. Even though we were away, there's a lot of good things going on right now. A lot, you know, new studio, new setup. Um, that we're back to our original day. We're back to Sunday mornings. Yeah. Um, and you know, it's, it's just the way we started and we're coming up on a year. The show has been around for a year. Um, and a lot of things have changed over the years <laughs> and, uh, we got Nikki in the other room playing, uh, yeah. What is he playing? Battlefront two. Star Wars. Star Wars. But you know, it's funny. We bring him onto the show. Now we're recording mm-hmm. 55 minutes away from him and he doesn't even fuck a fucking come in the room and say, Hey, you know, do you need help? Yeah. No. <laughs> so sad. sad. You know, <laughs> you know, but all right. Well, let, let's get let's get right into it. Um, so, so how about those Titans? How about those Titans? NFL playoffs. Um, so with the NFL, we have a situation where the six team just knocked off the one seed and are looking like a team that's going to be unbeatable. There's nobody that was higher than than the Titans going into the playoffs. I don't, I don't think the Ravens. The Ravens yeah, but the won Ravens, like twelve in a row. Yeah, but the Ravens were good all year. Is what I'm saying. Yeah. The Titans got hot at the very end of the season, and Ryan Tannehill came out of nowhere. Well, I what, picked him up on fucking fantasy. I had him for the last few weeks. Yeah, that really helped me. <laughs> you know what's funny? What, <laughs> last place. Well, what's funny is is that <clears throat> when they benched Mariota and they brought in Tannehill, everybody wrote them off. They were like, "Oh, you know." Yeah, he's just there to he's just there is. to finish out the season, whatever. <clears throat> and Derrick Henry, like, what the fuck happened with him? You know, Dr. when you man, you can't you can try and tackle a big man like the, that. I know, cold. I know, no, no, I, no, I agree. Wasn't so cold, but it's, it's a grown ass man. It's just he's. It's not like this is his first year in the league. He's been around for a couple years now. 6'4", 250, though, dude. He's a fucking Mack truck. 6'4", 250? Yeah. On, on, uh, I looked him up yesterday. Like, Wikipedia thing has him at 6'3", 235. All right, fact check. No, Wikipedia fuck. never lies, so I'm yeah, on Wikipedia, listen, obviously. Man, Wikipedia, <laughs> that's, that's the source for everything. Yeah. While Puma looks that up, um, that, is the offensive line great or something? Or is they it... They have a good offensive line, but also, too, there was some stat where... Derrick Henry, like in the past two or three years, he averages like something like 5.6 yards per carry or something like that from December onward. So he gets Ooh. better as the season goes on. So it kind Ooh. of coincided really well with how the Titans were hitting their stride. Interesting. Interesting. And uh, how the schedule was opening up for them as well. Uh, you know, they obviously didn't win the division, but they did enough, held off, you know, the Steelers and somehow the Raiders. Uh, for that last playoff spot, and they really took advantage of it. Obviously, you know, one way away from the Super Bowl. So just just to just to fact check, he is six three, but he's listed at two hundred and forty seven pounds. So I was right on the weight, wow. you were right on the height. Okay. But, um, all right, wow, that's a, that's a great stat. So, you that's know, saber metric stat of the day right there. You know, you know what's crazy now is that Derrick Henry is going to be the first running back picked in all fantasy drafts next year. Yeah. He's going to go before, other than McCaffrey. But I really like how the Titans play. Old school. They, well, they run the shit you know, out of the ball. You know, not they remind me of the Giants teams that went on those runs. They uh. pound the football. They 
they have a good defense. They have the Titans have a very good secondary. A lot of good ball hawking DBs that can, you know, I picked off Jackson what three times last night. Yeah, two times. Two last times, night? and then he and he gave yeah. up a fumble. You know, like the thing is, is that if the the Ravens are a good team, don't get me wrong, but if you actually make Lamar Jackson play quarterback, oh, it's a whole different. They're a whole different team. All right, so I agree and I disagree with you. I agree in the sense that he has to throw. He can't throw the ball. That's not true. I don't think. See, that's where I disagree with you. He yeah. can throw. I just think that his first, like when I was watching him, I've never really watched him that much. I've only seen obviously highlights, but now playoff game, everyone's gonna watch be watching the same game. So I was able to watch him. He goes through his his um, his reads right. Very quick. I feel like he he just automatically um, bails and gives up and goes for running. You know what I mean? Um, I don't think he really gives himself time to sit in the pocket much Mm -hmm. and try to extend the play. I feel like if he's leaving the pocket, he's going. You know, he's not leaving the pocket to give himself more time to throw. Yeah, he doesn't let the play develop, especially downfield. So um, that's where I agree with you in that they – didn't give him much time to make his throws, but if you give him time to throw, he's going to make the fucking throw. Yeah, but the problem was, was is that, like you said, he's a run-first quarterback. Yeah, uh, yeah, I think, yes. So if you make him throw the ball 30, 40, 30, 30, 40 times... You know what I don't like about this conversation, too? What? Is that this is exactly... when Whenever... So I guess Monday, my dad's off, right? He's going to sit down, and we're going to be talking about football. Somehow, fo- he manages to watch football games, even though... He works parties every day, like all weekend long. But he's gonna be—he's like—he's a fucking—he's an—he's a boomer. Mm-hmm. Okay, boomer. He's like, <sighs> I tell you, you—you can't win with a running quarterback. They're not meant to oh, run. It's, it's, you can't oh. do it. Yeah, but you—and and I'm like, oh god, here we go, here we go. But you know what happens? Now Lamar Jackson got bounced from the playoffs, and that's exactly what he's gonna say. And I'm just gonna sit there with like, yep. I guess you're right, but one day you'll be proven wrong. Yeah, but you know what, though? One of the best quarterbacks of his time was Michael Vick, who was a running quarterback. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, of Michael Vick's his time, time or my dad's time? No, Michael Vick's time. Okay, Michael yes. Vick. Context clues. Punctuation. <laughs> Punctuation. My, you know, my, Michael, my, Michael Vick was... <laughs> my, dad is not, my dad is not 30 years old and I'm 28. <laughs> That'd be interesting. Quick math. <laughs> but no, my, Michael Vick was one of the best running running quarterbacks of all time. He had a hose. He had a gun. Yeah. Yeah, you know, but that's and that's Lamar Jackson's but, you uh, know, idol. He our, said our parents, my dad, your dad, yeah. grew up in a in an era where of the oh, there was a lot of pocket passing, and it, the quarterbacks yeah. were there just to throw. They were game managers. They weren't they weren't athletes, you know, like and you then you ran the ball like forty times a game. Exactly, right. it was a different well, like, league. Like what? Uh, Tannehill had what six completions yesterday? Yeah, and he he has a hundred. 80 yards for two games. Two yeah, games yeah. combined. Yeah, that's insane, you know, dude. Like, <clears throat> he still managed to throw two touchdowns yesterday, though. <laughs> you know, like it's ground and pound. Bomb, yeah, it's yeah. ground and pound. You know, it's funny. if we'll, we'll get to our predictions, but if the Titans win next week, Ryan Tannehill will be starting a Super Bowl in Hard Rock Stadium where the Dolphins play. Wow. Yeah. Talk about irony. Talk about irony. Yeah. Um, but – there are there was another game yesterday. It was also a snooze fest, but the Niners taking down the the Vikings. Uh, the Vikings looked like they didn't belong on the field with the Niners. You know they they were talking about how 
they only had like four first downs for the entire game. They couldn't get anything going offensively. Yeah, something's gonna happen with the Vikings. I think uh, the the whole the whole um, but, it, it was bound to happen. But what dri- it was bottling up like all the drama with the with the receivers. But what dri- what drives me what drives all, probably a lot of Viking fan crazy is, is that they go out and beat a team in New Orleans in uh-huh. New Orleans and yep. then come out like that yep. in San Francisco. Um, yeah. Yeah. I also think too that they they game planned a lot better for the. Saints than they did against the Vikings. Oh yeah, because they were able to get to Drew Brees a lot more yep. and make him uncomfortable and, and make him throw passes that he wasn't able to normally complete. And I don't know if you guys saw as well. Came out, I mean, recently that Michael Thomas also had a broken hand oh, for the I, Saints. I no, so I didn't see that. He he was you know he he was talking smack. He was the hurt dog. Against the the Vikings tripping at them, um, but I think the game plan that they had was perfect. They executed well against the Saints and. A complete 180 yeah. against the 49ers, yep. Yep. and that defense is a lot better than the Saints' defense, obviously, and made Kirk Cousins look like the quarterback who we all think he is. Yeah, yeah. So uh, going back to the Saints, I, I'm kind of happy that the Saints lost. I think the Saints. <laughs> I wonder why. I think no, no. It's not even because of what. It's not even because of last year. All right. <laughs> it's it's because for. They always, they always. Okay, so I am a Rams fan, as we know. And last year's blo- missed call, missed or blown no call, whatever the fuck you want to call it, was horrible. It, it was a very, very bad no call. All right, but this year, the Saints are back at it again, complaining about the refs. Right? Do, am I the only one here saying that? Shut the fuck up and play better. Well, you know, I don't know how they complain about the refs. Thank you. Uh, well, no, the, the one thing the one thing that I can see them complaining about was that offensive pass interference wasn't called on the last play. But is it was it even that bad? No. No, I, I looked at no it, it wasn't. I, I didn't see it. Yeah, it wasn't. And, and people were clamoring for it. No. And if you watch it just for what it was, yep. you would you would if you looked at a naked eye and said, "Yeah, that was a, a good fade." Right. And then you break it down like frame of by frame. Of course. Like, you, if you break down every single right play, there. you can find fucking fouls. You break exactly. down every exactly. single play. And um, my thing is this. Just admit that your fucking savior, Drew Brees, didn't have a good game. No, he looked very pedestrian. And and Sean Payton, the the fucking god, right? Uh, what's going on with him? He, he's not making great decisions. So, you know, the, another look, thing look too, in the mirror. Another look thing in the mirror, too, that, Saints. Dri- that drives me crazy is two things. One, when the, Sa- when the Saints went to the Super Bowl a couple, uh, what was it? A couple. 15 years ago? It was 2006. Oh. Two- 2009, 2009, 2010. 2010. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. Nine years. Nine years. It was still a long ass time ago, in football terms. Um, they they actually went to the Super Bowl on overtime rules. Brett Favre didn't get the Vikings didn't get a chance oh, to possess the, the old, ball. The old one. Yeah. And then now, yeah. the Vikings go down. It's the opposite. The Vikings go down, score a touchdown in the game, and then everybody's saying, "Well, you know what? Both teams mm-hmm. need to possess the ball." I'm saying everything doesn't have to be fair. You know, you have a chance to possess the ball. The defense just need doesn't have to give up a touchdown. Yeah. And they gave up a touchdown, and that's yeah. the rule. Like, yeah. you can't change the rules every time to make people happy. Yep. But, and then what's the point of sports? Yep. Also, you know? going back to um, going back to people uh, complaining and, like, stupid rules, I want to talk about Derek Henry real quick. This morning on the way over to your house, Chris Canty on ESPN Radio was saying that um, he doesn't think, you know, he's worried about Derek Henry taking, like, so many carries a game. They've been saying and that And he's like, oh, I don't know if it's sustainable for his career. And I just said this to myself. 
Who gives a fuck? Right now they're in the playoffs and they're one game away from the Super Bowl. You think Mike Vrabel's going to be looking at Derrick Henry and being, hmm, you know, I probably shouldn't run Derrick this much this game even though we're dominating and this is why we're winning because I'm worried about the rest of his career. That's not for you to decide, unfortunately. You're the coach. You're there to win. Derrick Henry has to worry about his durability and longevity. You know, you, you have a coach here who's willing to cut his cut off his own dick for a Super Bowl. Do you see that article? <laughs> no. Uh, th- it, w- it was, yeah, it was what? taken out of context kind of, but oh, okay. yes, he will. He said he would take a Super Bowl if he had to cut off his own dick. Wow. But it's like he said he wouldn't have to do it. He said if it meant winning Super Bowl, yeah, I'd do it. Wow. It was, he was like, I've been married for 20 years. I don't need it anymore. Wow. <laughs> but, yeah. you know, if you look at if you look at the game, the, if you look at <laughs> – Derrick Henry's workload. He got 30 carries last night. Yeah, he had almost 200 yards on the ground. He had 30 carries against the Patriots. He had 30 carries in Pittsburgh against Pittsburgh in 20 in the week 17. You know, if and I, like I said, I'm only bringing this guy up because of how much football I've watched of the Giants. He reminds me Brandon like, of Brandon Jacobs, a downhill runner who's big, got big fucking guy who's got the body type to take. A, a, a big workload. We were just saying he's 6'3", 247 pounds. He's not like yeah. he's. It's not like you're giving the ball thirty times to a, a smaller. To Chris Johnson. Yeah, like a smaller running back. You know, like a. You know, it, it, it's it's it's. You're gonna do what makes you win, and I could see where Chris Canny's coming from. He's a former player. He's probably thinking about the player. Yeah, of course, and but, stuff like that. But, but you, but it, it's a team sport. Yeah. If you ask Derrick Henry, do you want the ball thirty times? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're gonna win a Super Bowl. Derrick Henry's gonna say yes, of course. You get 30, you get the ball thirty times in the next two games. You win a Super Bowl. But then you never play. You never finish a full season for the rest of your career. Would you do it? And, re- and regardless, he's gonna, he's, <laughs> yeah, he's going to say yes. I would take the Super Bowl right now, and then play half seasons for the rest of my career. He's going to get paid too. They're going to pay him. Yeah. So he's going to make his money, you know. But back to the Vikings and back to yeah, the yeah. the Niners game here is I was looking at the the stats now. When Dalvin Cook has nine, nine, only nine touches and runs for 18 yards, that's that's bound for failure. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. Another thing I noticed watching that game was that the Niners' defense, every time Kirk Cousins stepped back to throw, it felt like every time at least, he was under pressure. Yeah, Niners' defense is no joke, man. You know, I, but here's my thing is, is that if you put the Niners up against a Packers or a Seahawks who are playing today, mm-hmm. and we'll preview that game in a minute, um... Do you think they have? Do you think they have as much success as they did against the Vikings? I say no. Why? Based on how that game against Seattle went at the end of the year, that felt like a playoff game. You know, that game came down to the last play. It was a, it was a one score game, um, and I think but it was in Seattle though. Don't forget, it was. It was That's in a Seattle. huge. That's a huge thing. A but huge you know thing. what? This Niner team remind again. There's a lot of comparisons to these to this these two giant runs. This Niners team is just as dominant as that other Niners team was that the Giants beat in Candlestick. So in 2011. Oh, with Kaepernick. Yeah, with that, uh, that Kaepernick, Patrick Frank Willis. Gore, Patrick Willis. You know, strong defense and a good offense. And the, and you know what? Playoff football is different, whether it's at home or on the road. Yeah, but I, I, I don't know. I feel like. But you uh, see where I'm. You see my yeah, point. Yeah, I think that. If the um, I mean think about it, if the, the Niners were to struggle against either of those two teams, it would be against the Seahawks. I, I think they'll have no problem against the Packers. So we're going to talk about our predictions here, but I think I know where you're leaning on the NFC side. I definitely want the Packers. You want the Packers? I fucking hate the Seahawks. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, that's not what I'm saying. That's not what I'm saying. I think that you. Th- I think that you're saying that the best team in the NFC right now are the Niners. 
Yeah. I guess. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I'm more excited for the AFC. The well, AFC's been fucking loaded. And now with the Titans coming out of nowhere. You know, well, now let's talk about the uh, the, uh, the AFC now. So we have two games today. Hold on. What time out? Matt, can you check Fiorentina's score while we talk about this? Uh, yeah. Thanks. Oh, so you want to hear a, do, a dick move here? So dick, we, mo- dick move? Dick move on your part. What the fuck did I do? So Chenz comes in. And zero, he, zero. And he All goes, right. and he goes, uh, oh, fuck. I was like, oh, what? He goes, oh, I got to call Matt. I want to watch the Fiorentina game on my phone, but I got to call Matt. No, I, I said, <laughs> I forgot that we called Matt through Skype on the phone. And I'm watching the Fiorentina game. Hopefully, and then, you know, we, I end up being able to watch the first half anyway. So it's all good. <laughs> anyway. You don't have a TV down there? Not, Dude, well, no. we, are, we are in, we, we are in like a fucking... Uh, so <clears throat> nun chamber. So let's 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 talk about the new studio first. I mean, we're all over the freaking place, but um, <laughs> when, when, when are we not? So the new studio we used to record in Chen's room slash basement, and the reason why we did that was because my my dog Indiana is a nutcase. He's he jumps all over you. He's overexcited, gets over hyper, and is relentless. And we said, you know, when we first started recording a year ago. It was like, okay, well, we got to avoid this dog. So we started recording at Chen's house. So as the podcast got bigger, as we got more equipment, it got more and more, it made more and more sense to record at my house so I don't have to lug four bags of equipment to Chen's, take 45 minutes to set up the stuff, and then take 45 minutes to break it down. Now at my house, we, I can set it up. I set it up yesterday. This, the equipment's been set up since yesterday afternoon. Chen's came in. And we were ready to go. We're ready to go. So that's why now. But now we're instead of being in Chen's room where he has a TV, we're in the guest bedroom of my house where all that's in here is a bed. That's and, it. And old crap. A bunch of other shit. Old crap. Now, you know, there's baby pictures in here of me. There's you know family pictures all over the place. This is a very thing. Fam- pictures of you. Yeah. <laughs> you know it was funny. You know that picture I I took I took that picture and sent it to you guys in the group me, but I for I didn't feel comfortable putting it up on the Instagram because I didn't want people seeing like baby pictures of me. Because if you zoom in, you can see the pictures and my mother's communion picture is right here. Um, but it's more secluded. It's more quiet. I think yeah. it'll sound better. Yeah, I think it's nice. I like the sound. And um, you know, I, as long as I don't have to pee. We're good because yeah, I'm barricaded. Pull, pull. <laughs> <laughs> He's blocked. I'm barricaded in there. It'd be fine. Yeah, yeah exactly. right. That's what I was thinking about. Get a bottle. Get but, instead of your spit bottle, piss bottle. Yeah, <laughs> I need a I need a bigger bottle than this one. Uh, <laughs> um, so anyway, going back to AFC. Okay, back back to the NFL playoffs here. So the on the AFC side, you had New England's done because um, of the Titans. Because of the Titans, Thank the Titans God. went into New England. Thank God. Now here's the interesting thing: we all know Tom Brady's coming back. But, but, is he where, come, where, is but he where, where is he going? Where do you think he's going? I think he's coming back to New England. Yeah, I think he's going back to New England as well. Um, I Matt, think, what do you think? I, I, I mean... Now, answer, I this, think, answer this with your head, I, not with your Jets hat. With my Jets hat, uh, I'd say, yeah, he's coming back. Oh, but okay. If you think... if my Now, I'm using my stay woke, think about it hat. <laughs> Married to Giselle, right? We all know, supermodel, yeah. yada, yada, yeah. yada. Probably makes more money than him. Where do models like to be? Los L- Angeles. LA. Uh, cha- go, no. Chargers, go. Go, Chargers, go. Yeah, that's what, uh, that's what I was saying. Yeah, Philip Rivers out. Year. You know, they had high expectations. They made the divisional last year. Maybe Brady goes in there, brings Josh McDaniels with him. You never know. Hmm. I mean, I like I said, 
he came up with that long Instagram post and you know, he's saying unfinished business. So in my mind, he, I think that they're, exactly, yeah. they're going to go, he's going to go back to new England. You know, he's not going to have his last pass in a new England uniform, be a pick six, <laughs> you know, like Brett Favre, you know, so good. Brett Favre, so you know, Brett Favre's last career yeah, but pass that's, is a pick six. But that's six. so Favre. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. But if you look at Brady though, now we all hate the Patriots here. All three of us. There's nobody here that will defend the Patriots. Um, but he didn't look Brady didn't look like Brady in the last half of the year. The offense looked terrible. Yeah. The you whole know? year he looked pretty bad. The, he was the, okay the, in the, the first Patriots, couple of months. The Patriots all season long were winning because of their defense. You know, but, and even that was kind of a facade because look at the look at the offenses they were playing. Exactly. At the beginning of the year. Yeah. You know, they're they're a team that, twice. They're they're a team that that beat the teams they should have beat. But exactly. You know, it, it what it when you look at Brady though, I'm gonna say after Thanksgiving, all they talked about was how anemic their offense was. They couldn't run the ball, they couldn't pass the ball. You know, now I, I think that Gronk is gonna come back next year. No. I think so. No, he's no, got a good gig. Dude, he, yeah, he, he's living the yeah, life. Yeah, so did Jason Witten, and Jason Witten did one year and came back. Yeah, but Gronk... Uh, is... Jason Witten was getting reamed and just getting shit on for his terrible commentary. <laughs> you know. Gronk is fucking spiking Legos yeah. on ears. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I, could see, I could see Gronk coming back, though. I could see it. It's, no it's, way. It's not, it's not out of the realm of I possibility. I think it is. I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. I think he's so good. He's, he's living the bro life he's always wanted to live. But you know what it is? I think... I think it's too early to say that the dynasty is over. I yeah. don't. Uh, I, think I don't think so. Put a fork in it, bro. I, I only because of the coach. I think Belichick is can work his wonders. I think. Yeah. I think. I don't know, you man. Know, this this will prove if Belichick is the Belichick is the coach that we thought he was. If he could turn a team he around. Is. I mean, it's very obvious he is. It's just I don't think. It, look, the roster needs an overhaul in terms of the offense. Yeah. The, mm-hmm. the offense was absolutely. The, pro- the reason why they didn't produce the way they should have. And, you know, the defense was exposed for not being able to contain the run at all when Derrick Henry, I mean, he is probably top three running back right now in the game. Ran all over him, justly so, but they did not get it done on offense when they need to. Who, who are they going to go to in the clutch? Edelman? Right. That's the only guy that they really have. And he dropped that one pass that would have scored him a touchdown last weekend, too. He had yep. the drops. And so, as soon as he dropped, it was like, oh, Welker. There's Welker. 2.0. Yeah. But, um, you know, the Patriots, you know, the, t- the, the the Titans did a good job of going into Foxborough, running the football, keeping, even though the offense doesn't scare you anymore, keeping the offense off the field um, and the defense showing up and and holding them to field goals instead of touchdowns yeah. and, and, you know, taking advantage of the mistakes that New England made. Control the clock. Be very methodical. Score points when you can and play defense and, and pressure the quarterback. And that's the Titans game plan that's been, right there. That's been their thing. And it's, it's fucking working wonders. So talking about tonight's game, Chiefs, Chiefs now and te- Texans. Now the best game of the weekend last weekend, in my opinion, was the, was the Texans-Bills game. Oh, yeah, no doubt. And Two- I felt for Cousin Kenny. Oh, yeah. You know, my cousin, Cousin Kenny is the, uh, as everybody knows, he's been on the show a few times, is a Bills fan. And I texted him that day. I said, go Bills. I was rooting for the Bills. Not going to lie. I wanted the Bills to win for him. And they had the game. They were dominating the game. And then all of a sudden, it was... Deshaun Watson. The Texans have done it two years in a row. They were down 21 nothing last year, came back and won the game. And they were down what? 
14 nothing or 17 nothing going into this game and yeah. they came back and won. I mean, Sean Watson, he's a beast. You know, the funny thing is is that the Bills had the game and they just fell apart. Now is it or is is Houston that good? Can Houston go into Kansas City this week and today and beat a Kansas City team or do you think the Bills gave them the game? Um No, I think I think the Texans can definitely go into Kansas City and and put up a fight. I don't know if they're going to come out with a win. I don't think the Chiefs are the same kind of offense that they were last year, you know. But you got to think of it this way, though. This is the year for Andy Reid. Yeah, he doesn't oh, have, you don't the, have to go it. to New England. This is it, man. You can you can play at home. The championship game could be at home. Um, here's a stupid question. Yeah, you know, and this is not as bad as Chen's not knowing the World Series. Uh, for the fans, for the fans who are out there who are asking, what the hell does that mean? We recorded twice, episode twenty-seven, and then we had technical difficulties, so we didn't release it. Uh, Chen's actually in that episode, the last episode, didn't know who won the World Series. So if I can salvage that audio, I will release it. But anyway, where was the AFC Championship game played last year? Was it in Kansas City or was it in New England? Yeah, it was. It was in Kansas City. Okay, so then my point doesn't make sense. <laughs> so scratch that idea. Never mind. But anyway, I'm just excited to see the two those two quarterbacks going at it. Uh, Matt, did they play each other this year in the regular season? Who the Texans Chiefs? Chiefs Texans and the Chiefs. Yeah, the the Texans. Uh, I think they beat the Chiefs. I thought so. Yeah, because I remember seeing. I remember saying the same thing. Like it oh. was a, it was a it was a pretty big upset, and then like the the week after, the Texans kind of like shit the bed uh-huh. against a very winnable opponent. Right. Right. Yeah, I think I think yeah, I think that's what it was. Because yeah, they, they won thirty one twenty four and then they lost the next week to the Colts. Oh uh, yes, that was it. That and they won it. they won at Arrowhead too, so yeah. they they've done it before, but it is tough to It's tough, man. To it like the same result. Playoffs like we were saying before are way different. Um but this the AFC playoffs has just been riddled with so much good young quarterback talent. Um between Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen uh, Deshaun Watson, Pat Mahomes, it's fucking awesome, man, and that's why I've just I've been more excited to see the AFC playoffs than like I, I really don't give a fuck about Russell Wilson versus Aaron Rodgers today. Don't really care. Well, it's gonna be nice and cold, so it should be uh, it should be a regular game. Low scoring game for the lucky under. Yeah, I'm taking the under in that uh, game. Russell Wilson was saying he's like, oh yeah, I don't really like playing in the cold, but uh, well, you know, you know, typical Russell Wilson answer, but we'll manage to to get it done. We'll we'll do what we have to do, or whatever he said. You know, it, not, that's not just, a Russell Wilson fan. Come on, that's a Russell Wilson answer. I, I, no, it's not that I'm not. I've grown to li- I've grown to like like him. Um, I think I think he's probably the best passer on the move. Um, he's good. In, he's one of the best play other than other than Mahomes. He's one and Rogers. There, Rogers, Mahomes, and Wilson all have that ability to extend the play outside of the pocket. Yeah, and they're, um, all three of them are dual threat. They can throw. They all can throw, and they all can run. Yeah. Yeah, but um, so I, I I I like Russell Wilson's game, but uh, he's just a fucking I don't know. I think it's Pete Carroll. I think it's Pete Carroll. I just I can't stand him. Smacks his gum too hard for you. Is that what <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's just everything about him. You know, but um, but yeah, no. I I I actually like Seattle today. Um, I think that this is a game they're going to show you why they brought in Marshawn Lynch, and then Marshawn Lynch is actually going to be unleashed. A little bit more than um, than he has you been in the last so? couple. Of I think so. I think they're gonna. Un- I think they're gonna use him more um, this week than they have in the last two weeks. 
Um, and I think that, like he like he said, Pete. I don't know if he if Pete Carroll is going to go in there, and they're gonna they're gonna take a, a page out of the Titans' playbook. They're going to be methodical. They're going to run the ball. They're not going to try to go for the big play unless it's there. Um, and they're going to try to possess the ball and keep Aaron Rodgers off the field. And I agree with you, Matt. I, mean, I like the under. Yeah, I it's it's. I I think both teams went ugly, and both teams really haven't looked as good as their record says. Uh, I mean, the Seahawks are one drive away from you know having this first round bye, playing this game mm. at home rather than on on the road against the Packers, assuming the Packers would have won their first game, but. I don't like particularly either team. I think the 49ers are going to beat them, either team going forward. Uh, but again, I didn't see the Titans winning last night either. I think the key to this game is going to be how the Packers are going to be able to limit Russell Wilson because that running game the Seahawks have right now doesn't scare me. I disagree with you, Marshawn Lynch, because he's been on the bench. He's been on the streets doing nothing for the past year and then comes in the last two weeks and hasn't looked great yards per carry very low uh and the other guy homer who the hell is he miami guy that you know what's he gonna be doing so i i like the packers in this game uh, it's gonna I, i'd see probably like a 17 to 13 game just ugly in the, in the cold and i don't think uh i don't think the seahawks have enough on offense to negate the green bay defense and the green bay defense We'll, we'll have to defend the past really well, and they've done a good job. But again, it was against pretty crappy teams the past few weeks. Mm. If you look at the Packers' schedule at the end of the year, it was against uh, the Lions, Kirk Cousins, and the Vikings, <laughs> the Bears, the Redskins, and the Giants. Yeah. So those are the last five wins. So no good quarterbacks either. You had two rookies, Trubisky, Cousins, and Ariski and Blyle. So really they need to show that they can go against an elite quarterback and shut him down. Yeah. 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 Well, we could, we'll see what happens. That's we'll see in what happens. depth research that, right there. That is, you know, even with the kid, he can do his research. <laughs> um, but here's my, here's my take. My take is, is that, you know, the reason why I'm thinking that Marshawn Lynch will have a good game is because of the fact he hasn't played is because he's probably the freshest player on that roster and on the field. You know, he doesn't have the wear and tear of seventeen a seventeen game season. Um and he has been working out. It's not like he, he wasn't literally doing anything. Like it wasn't like he was smoking weed in the corner. But I think that these last two games were field games for him. Um I think that he was getting back into it. I think now that he's had three weeks to learn the offense a little bit better. And I think that maybe he'll be able to take advantage of his freshness, of his fresh legs, of his you know, ability to the fact that he hasn't played. Um, and that's why I think maybe you'll see more of a footprint of him that he'll leave on this game than in the past. It's a good, it's a good theory. You know, makes sense. So, I mean, I we'll know. see what happens. I think it's going to be a good game. It's going to be like, like Matt said, it's going to be an ugly game, but I think it's going to be a good game. It's going to be, it's going to be a game that they're going to run. Both teams are going to run the ball. It's going to be hard to pass the ball in the cold. And it's going to be, you know, you know what I think will be a, a big part of this game is what defense can get a turnover on the on the plus side of the field or get a defensive touchdown. I think that will that that aspect will be a 
big key factor in this game. What, how do the defenses help the offenses out with either field position or turnovers or defensive touchdowns? What time is that game on? That's later, right? I think it's six forty. I think it's the three o'clock game. No, I think six forty. Yeah, it's it's a, a later so one. the AFC game is early game. So we'll actually get to watch yeah. that game at Phil's house. Well, we're in, it's it's going to be an hour into the game. No, no, no the 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 six forty game. Oh, oh, yeah. So yeah, now we're, we're going to be in Glenrock, Matt. Today, both of us. Glenrock, Glenrock, New Jersey. Oh, remember I was. I had I was no te- idea. I, you, you could have told me that was in New York. I was like, okay. Yeah. I was. T- I was telling <laughs> you. <laughs> yeah, I was telling you. Uh, my my buddy Phil has a, just bought a house over there. And I think Alessandro was like, oh, that's not too far oh, from you guys. Oh, right, right, right. There's a place in New York on Long Island called Glen yeah, Head. Glen, and I was like, oh, maybe it's and close. And then Glen Cove. Yeah, yeah, yeah Glen, yeah. Cove. Glen Cove. I know Glen Cove. My cousin lived there, but I was like, oh, maybe it's like close to there, but. All right, oh, so I should stop by then. Yeah, yeah, we'd love to see you. Um, so now let's let's move on. Let let's do one more thing about the playoffs, and let's move on to other NFL news. There is one more NFL news thing I do want to talk about. Giants. Yeah. Um, the coaching hire. Yeah. Um, based on the teams that are remaining, who are your AFC and NFC representatives right now? Matt, you can go first. Uh, I think it's going to be – I think the Chiefs win this game. So you got Chiefs-Titans. I think I think the Chiefs do it. I think Andy Reid has, has the, the path. I think he, he gets it done, and he's able to go back to the Super Bowl since 2004. And from the NFC, I got the 49ers. Uh, their front four – is probably the best and deepest in football. You know, they really made an emphasis of rebuilding through that line, and it's really paying off for them. Huge. Uh, I think they'll they'll be able to take care of the winner of this this Green Bay Seattle team, but who both have flaws. Uh, 49ers flaws are very far and few between compared to these other two teams. So I say uh, Kansas City versus 49ers in the Super Bowl, and unfortunately Andy Reid. I'm going to go with the 49ers again. Keep searching. Always bridesmaid, never a bride. Wow. To get you Super Bowl, baby. Wow. But then again, I mean, don't take my my picks too seriously because I did say that the uh, well, I'm sticking with the Chiefs because I did say the Chiefs win the Super Bowl in the beginning of the year, but I did have the Bears. So, talk on me. <laughs> All right, Chance, what do you got? We're boring. Uh, We're boring sorry, him. I was um, <laughs> yeah, I agree with you, Matt. I think Chiefs win today and they take care of business against the Titans so Chiefs from the AFC uh, just for the, sh- the sake of shaking things up um, I'll I'll say Seahawks from the Ooh. NFC yeah. but Chiefs beat the Seahawks Chiefs win the Super Bowl alright um, well I'm gonna sh- I'm gonna go a little different I think that God, Derrick Henry. Uh, I knew it. Is going to go into into it. Kansas City and Championship Weekend and run all over Kansas City. I think Tennessee gets to the, the Super Bowl. It's going to say World Series. Tennessee gets to the Super Bowl. Uh, Tannehill starts in his old home barn in the Super Bowl. And on the NFC side, I think that I'm going to agree with Chance here. I think that Seattle gets through. Um, and in the Super Bowl, I think Seattle beats Tennessee, uh, and I uh, think Seattle uh, actually will uh, run the ball on the one-yard line. 
<laughs> now. Okay. So well done. I think that's what's gonna happen too. So before we change gears into the into the hot stove that baseball is, there was some giant news this week. Uh, there is a new judge in town, or another judge in town. Uh, the Giants have hired Joe Judge uh, as the new head coach of the New York Football Giants. Just gonna let you do this, all you. The this special you. teams, <laughs> the special teams slash wide receivers coach for the New England Patriots, who has never been an offensive or defensive coordinator, and who has never been a head coach at any level. So, I guess we're throwing shit against the wall and hoping that it sticks. <laughs> Now, what about the whole uh, possibility of Jason Garrett being his offensive coordinator? Um, what about how much of a slap in the face is that to Jason Garrett? Well, you know, you know what I think is a couple of things. One, I was I wanted McCarthy. I thought McCarthy would have been a good fit for the Giants. He's he's groomed young quarterbacks before he groomed Aaron Rodgers. Um, and everybody's too worried about nowadays in all sports with coaches about player coach relationships because these players are so soft nowadays um, when it comes to criticism. Um, I think that that was his problem in Green Bay was that he could he was unrelatable to his players and um, with McCarthy. But I think that with the the um, coordinator, there isn't a lot of head coaching jobs left. So if Garrett wants to work the Browns the Brown yeah, but who really wants to head coach the Browns? You got a lot of talent. You know yeah. what's funny is though you, yeah. you have talent, but at the same time they haven't been in the news about interviewing anybody. I haven't heard one person been called for an interview for that Browns job because they don't have a GM yet. They're looking for a new GM, oh. so they're going to hire the GM. And by the time they go and hire the GM, they're going to be looking at bottom of the barrel. I actually think that Marvin Lewis is going to get that job. Where did um, where did uh the guy from Baylor go? Oh, uh, Carolina Panthers. Carolina. So did you hear that shit? He he was supposed to go on an interview with the Giants. Yeah. He was the Giants' top pick, according to news. He wanted the Giants, and he called the Giants before he signed. And he goes, "Well, you match this deal," and the Giants were like, "No." Stupid. I actually, I don't know. I can't really say that's stupid. Well, according, you're going, you're going. You're, I'm comparing. And uh, how true is that, really? Whether it's true or not, what I'm saying is like, um, people are like, "Oh, they could have had a rule or whatever." The fuck his name is. Uh, yeah, I mean, whatever. Like, okay, so he salvaged a Baylor program. And Temple. And Temple. Um, he, okay, he has offense, uh, he has head coach experience. And he, he's a, pro, he's a program builder and the Giants are rebuilding. Yeah, but at least this guy, Judge, comes from NFL. Well, he, the, but I agree with you, like, going from special teams wide receiver coach and just going straight to head coach is insane. Well, that's why you need to surround him with a Jason Gabbard. But. Or Freddie Kitchens. Yeah, too. that's true. But at the same time, he comes from Belichick's system. That and I was about to say that. And Belichick talks really highly of him. And um, just like the Giants drafting Daniel Jones, everyone's shitting on them, and then actually kind of liking the pick. Maybe they know something that most people don't know. Same, same, same thing with Daniel Jones. Well, uh, the problem is find out. Let's see pro- how it goes. This is the problem. The problem is, is that they fire Shermer. And then they keep Gettleman. It's the yeah, same yeah. thing the Jets did. Yeah. You know, they fire the head coach yeah. and they keep the GM. You know, Gettleman's got a shorter sh- a shorter shelf life than Joe Judge, unless Joe Judge falls on his face in the first year. But I don't, like I said, you know, listening to the press conference and listening to him speak, he's an old school type of guy. He's a big accountability guy. He wants to run the football. He wants to be aggressive. You know, if he can make that happen, I'm on board. 
you know, but I'm very, I'm not skeptical, but I'm very hesitant to give a guy with no coaching experience, whether he's a Belichick prodigy or not, um, my full enthusiasm because I want to see what happens first. You know, I was the same way when they drafted Daniel Jones. I'm like, you know what? Let's see what this kid is first before we start killing him. You know, I mean, it, the the Giants, the, think about it. All these head coaches, these new head coaches are all young. McVay, uh, Kingsbury. Um, Fuck McVay. You know, these other guys, these oh, young, these young guys, <laughs> you know, I mean, I, like I said, you know, they could have had a better option, but. You know, they didn't interview the guy that they wanted. They didn't oh. want, you know, they didn't want, oh. they didn't want McCarthy. McCarthy goes to Dallas. You know, and look at this, look at the coaches in the, in the East. You have McCarthy. You have uh, Rivera now. You have, um, um, what the fuck is his name in Philly? Um, with a stupid fucking visor. Um, who's the head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles? Doug Peterson. Doug Peterson. And you have Joe Judge. So you have three Super Bowl appearance or winning quarterbacks, uh, quarterbacks, head coaches in the East, and now you have the Giants who have a rookie head coach. Yeah, but sometimes the, those hires are the unorthodox ones. By the way, Chance, if you're ooing and eyeing, is that because of Fiorentina? Dude, did you see that almost goal? No, I didn't. Oh, but I saw that they're, they're up one nothing. Yeah, no, I was oohing and on because uh, somebody sent a cross into Cutrone, new signing, and back heel just just wide. Yes. Oh my! What a fucking debut goal that would have been. So. <laughs> so. So uh, yeah, but t- Joe Judge, uh, for it was a when first it, announced before the press conference, everyone was like, "Oh my god, the, the Giants bundled it! Like yeah. what a what a bunch of idiots!" <laughs> just because he coached under you know Belichick. That's the reason why he got the job. Like, this is so dumb. And then he has his press conference, and everyone does kind of like a 180 and says, holy shit, this guy actually has a really good plan. Like, he, he says the right things, but he's got to produce on the field. He's got to get the results. He's got to bring that culture that the Patriots have and kind of yeah. try to instill that with the Giants. Exactly. And it's – it's I'm, I'm going to, like, be a wait and see. I'm not going to, you know, judge either way. No pun you know, intended. For, when you, when when your team has a new coach, you kind of have hope and, and promise. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, with my team, I never had that hope or promise when we hired fucking Gaze. But you know that's a different story because of his track record. So I think Giants fans have the reason to be optimistic. Maybe they're not as optimistic as they they would have liked to been because they had rule on their mind or they they wanted. I don't know if Rivera was even attainable, but they have a guy that could be the next best thing, or it could right. just be another, you know kink in the armor saying like oh you got a guy you got to get a guy from a coaching tree coaching trees don't always necessarily work out well i will say that patriots one does look better than most if you look at all the coaches that have been linked to him or have worked with him it's a lot better than what most people are trying to do these days with you know the flashy offenses yeah i mean belichick said that you know he came out and supported judge but you know you know what like like i said like i said and you just said too matt is i'm gonna wait and see Let's see what happens. Let's see if the same shenanigans go have gone on with the last couple of coaches. Let's see if, if Judge can get the guys up and play. You know, there is talent on this team. I think the offense, outside of the offensive line, is one receiver away from actually being a good offense, like a good productive offense. Golden Tate, Sterling Shepard, 
uh, Evan Ingram. So you have the Saquon. You know, I said the running back. Put some respect on his name. Um, put a lot of respect on that name. You know, you have you have all these weapons that could turn in the offense into a good thing. So you know, now going into the um, the draft, do the Giants go offensive line or do they go for the kid at Ohio State? You know, if he's there at four. You know, uh, dude, I have no idea. I'm not gonna predict this now. You know, we we we'll see what happens with the draft, but you got to see. You know. Everybody's talking about the offensive side of the ball. You know, the Giants need to fix their defense, too. Um, the Giants need need a lot of work. It's not like the Giants are are one piece away from And, well, the good thing is is that the Giants have a lot of cap space, so they can bring in people from from free agency. But the thing is, is who do they bring in? You know, Gettleman doesn't have a good track record when it comes to signing and trading free agents. But one thing I'll, I'll say to wrap this whole thing up, like going back to what Matt said, the the promise of a brand new head coach is that there's a lot of hope in that you might have just struck gold to the next big thing or this is just another speed bump along the road but you know the Giants need to figure something out and if there's anything that that you can look for coming from a Patriots a former Patriots coach is getting the most out of every player um, and that's what that's what Joe Judge is spewing. Is yeah. He's going to do that, and he's going to hold them accountable. And he's so gonna, you know, you know, do that. No matter who they sign, I think it's I think it's promising and exciting to see if those players can even turn out to be productive, whether or not they're stars or not. You know, as a as a coach myself, you know, even though I've coached at the highest level of varsity baseball, and I haven't gotten past varsity, you know, where else are you going to go? I could coach in coach college. Coach. I can coach in college. That's I like have, that's like full time, yeah, real deal. Yeah, but that's why I'm not coaching in college. I could coach at college. I have the altitude to coach. The what? The altitude to coach in college. Did I say that right? No. Al- altitude? Are you how high yeah. do you? Altitude. <laughs> a- alpha male? No, no, no. Like the aptitude. Aptitude. Or there it got is. It, got it. Aptitude. I have the aptitude to coach at the college level. Um. And one of the biggest things, yeah, you know, relating to relating to your players is very, very, very important. But it's also it's not as important as the accountability and holding your players to a standard. Okay, you're a coach. You're not their friend. You're not there to to baby them. You're there to make them better. You're there to get the most out of them. And if there's no accountability and there's no standard, the, your players aren't going to respect you, and they're not going to take things seriously. And I've seen, and I saw that, you know, firsthand in a lot of situations with coaches I've had and coaches that I've worked with. Um, you know, they didn't have accountability. They talked about accountability, but then they didn't hold the players to accountability, and it, suffer, it, it affected the play on the field. So if Judge sticks to his accountability um, talking point, I'm for it. But if he's going to be a players' coach, you could still be, you could be a players' coach and hold the players accountable, but. If you're gonna just be like a David Fisdale, then I'm not for it. I'm sorry, but we'll talk about the next in a couple in a little while. Let's actually make a transition into the hot stove. Um, we wait, have. Wait, 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 wait! What do you? There's a big game going on tomorrow. We haven't touched on. Oh, college, fo- college football playoff. College football playoff final. Oh, the final is tomorrow. I didn't yeah. see how much college football I watch. I didn't even know. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let you and you and. Who's even playing? Oh my God! Oh, oh, come right. on, Clemson, really? LSU. 
Okay. Number one versus number three. Uh, LSU took care of business in the their semifinal versus Oklahoma. I think everyone saw that. Yep. Uh, I think the bigger game, the better game, obviously, was the Ohio State Clemson game where it came down to the last drive and Clemson's defense came up with the big pick. Uh, I love LSU. I'm a go Tiger as a mm-hmm. former Tiger myself. Uh, I'm very invested in this. So. Uh, high school? Don't know. No, you applied, I think. Oh. <laughs> no, 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 no. Don't, Chance, please. Don't say I applied there. I had, I took classes oh. at LSU, so I I am a Tiger, so get it right, please. I'm an alumnus. Ah, wait, so, wait, 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 what? Wait. This on. whole time I thought you were a Penn no, no, State he guy. Is, he is. Not, uh, yeah, you, yeah. you can have two cats. It's two cats allowed in the house. <laughs> <laughs> did, you, uh, did you go to the campus or was this like an online thing? I mean, tomato, tomato. Uh, <laughs> same shit. I mean, at the end of the day, I have credits from LSU, so. Okay. Well, that's also sure. like me saying I'm from the Bronx. No, it's not. Yes, You're it is. Yes, it Bronx. is. <laughs> but I have family. No. I have, I have family no. in the Bronx. I have no, family no, in the Bronx. no, 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 no. Where's your degree from? Penn State. Yeah, but. If you want, but com- I have credits from LSU right. as well. If you want, if you want to compare the two scenarios, Puma. If okay, Matt can say I'm a I'm also a Maryland Terrapin because his brother went to Maryland. Yeah, Eric Eric's a Terrapin. He's also I don't even know what Queens College is. It's like a I couldn't even tell you the mascot of it. <laughs> Who knows? But you it's it's 2020. You could have multiple mascots. I mean, come on now. Yeah, I mean, I'm well, a, okay. What if what if you got your graduate from somewhere and uh, yeah. undergrad from somewhere else? We did. I'm I'm two uh, different things. I'm two different things too. Yeah, yeah. Always, okay, so there you always go. Penn State forever though. Never, never. Yeah, I fucking... mean, when Penn State plays LSU, which I went to a game, I was rooting for Penn State, obviously. Although, I didn't know. I didn't know that you actually took classes. Yeah, I tried to tried to get my CPA, and that obviously didn't work. So. You know, I think you I think you're doing just fine. So breaking news. Yeah. Well, hold on, breaking news here across my desk. New England Patriots Julian Edelman arrested for vandalism and causing damage to a vehicle. Wow. Maybe he was a guy speeding on your street last night. Oh, maybe. Fucking asshole. Put him into a fucking bumper. Uh, fender bender. Fender bender. But anyway, Matt, so we got LSU, probably the best offense in the country, going against arguably the best defense in Clemson. If you say so. Um, I, I just, What I'm hoping for, I, I hope it's not a blowout. I... I I would love to see LSU win. I would. Um, I'm rooting for them, but I, I don't want them to smoke Clemson because I, I, I want to see a good game. You know. Of course, the, the the last Monday night until the fall, you getting football on. It's always. Uh, I mean, the, these national championships have produced some pretty spectacular yeah. yes, games. They I have. say. Yep. I mean, last year was a blowout in Clemson's favor, but. The fact that you got to see the offenses that they, that they had going at it. I mean, Clemson, Alabama has always been good. Ohio State with yeah. that run, they win the first, the exactly. first time. So the first one, yep. I, you can tune in tomorrow night, and you're going to see a lot of points. I will say that. I, I don't think there's been games where you haven't seen points. Or, I, yeah. or, I would love, or I would love a high-scoring, close game. That would be fucking sick. I, I think you will, you will see you know, the high-scoring. You will see LSU's offense just – go to work and and do their thing i think um especially and which is going to be huge is that they're playing in new orleans mm. so oh, yeah. they're going to have basically a home, home field, field advantage. advantage yeah home field cooking um, and i don't know if you saw but they had uh lsu was practicing on the saints 
uh, facility. Yeah. And Clemson was going through their walkthroughs in the ballroom of their hotel. So I don't know if that they had swings. That's collusion. In either way, if if you think like LSU is going to be more prepared, or if you you get more Rocky Four vibes from Clemson now, well, they're preparing. I'm going to call bullshit on that because you know what? This is supposed to be a neutral site game, and each team should get to use either the same facilities and or something equivalent to each facility. If it's a yeah, new they, it's they might have had it. They might have had their walkthrough somewhere else. But what I saw, like the pictures that they're they're showing out, is is a bunch of guys in a ballroom, you know, dressed up in, in football equipment, going through a punt formation. It was it was pretty funny to see. But yeah, but like think about it. If this I, game if this game was played in like I don't know the Rose Bowl, right? Yeah. They would be both be having training facilities to practice at equally. Like, LSU could well, probably knows, practice at LSU. Who knows if, if Clemson hasn't had access to that field as well? That's what I'm saying. Yeah, they, they just showed yeah, like, just they could have had just it. Saw, then, we, we just saw one set of pictures, you know? Yeah, but yeah. what I'm just saying, though, if that is the, if and, it is the case, listen, if it is the case, nowadays, I wouldn't put anything past uh, Davo Sweeney, who's on, the, who's on, like, the front line of, of uh, like, ingenuity um, when it comes to football and stuff. But, um, Matt, I want to ask you. We we know that Joe Burrow has won the Heisman, and is obviously one of the top prospects for the draft. I, I would assume if he's going this year. Um, yeah, he is. hundred percent. But what is what is with uh, Trevor Lawrence? It's like I know he's been the face of Clemson for the last two years now. He's been their guy, but I, I feel like I haven't heard much NFL draft talk around him because he's only a sophomore. Well, He's not. He's got to stay next year too. Yes. Yeah. He's, he's a true sophomore, so okay. he's got. You got to see three years in college. So next year is when people are gonna, you know, get Sorry, the buzz talk. for Trevor and, Lawrence Heisman, Trevor Lawrence first pick overall, kind of oh. thing. And if he wins, and if he wins, if they win tomorrow night, he'll definitely come out after next year. Oh, I mean, I think he's coming after next year, even if they don't win tonight, and if they don't make the playoff next year, because he's got the tools. I didn't even know you had to it. stay three years. You have to stay three years. When the fuck did yeah, that even happen? Even if you don't play three, like you, if you're, you could be, you could technically leave as a redshirt sophomore, because you've been redshirted that year. You have to so. spend three years at your school, whether you play three years or not. I got it. Yeah. So, who do you? All right. So before we move on to baseball here, what's? Give me your picks, Clemson or LSU? LSU, LSU Matt, LSU. Go, go Tiger. Go Tigers, go. Okay, me. I'll just pick Clemson because you guys both pick LSU. Cool. All right, I don't. That's fine. I honestly don't give a fuck. Um, so let let's go over now to to baseball. Um, we haven't talked about Garrett Cole yet because we haven't recorded. So let's touch on that really briefly. Uh, Chance, I will not ask you questions you do not know about baseball, like who won the World Series last year. Uh, um, that was really lost bad. Baseball talking privileges. Two <laughs> games suspension. Two podcasts suspension. <laughs> go sit in the bathroom. Go go in the bathroom. Um, might actually have to go. <laughs> <laughs> this coffee's getting to me. Well, the bathroom's right there. We make it right. Um, so, Garrett Cole, nine years. I might go during hockey talk. <laughs> in all seriousness. <laughs> nine years, hundred, uh, three hundred and twenty-six million to the Yankees. Garrett Cole, um, and the best part—not that the Yankees got Garrett Cole—but the best part about all this is that. The last two years, we've had, <clears throat> we've been going into the end of January talking about where these big names are going to go, and these big names are starting to sign, and they're signing early. Strasburg signed early, 
Cole signed early. Randone is signed. Um, I don't even know <clears throat> at this point what the biggest name is that's left um, that has to sign for a team, meaning that's a good thing. That, you know, everybody's saying that, you know, the there's collusion going on with the owners and they don't want to pay players. Bullshit. Um, Randone got, what did Randone get? Seven years, 245. Stratsburg got seven years, 245 to stay in Washington. And Cole got nine years for 326. Now, the one thing I will throw into this is that the Yankees have to be the favorite to win the World Series next year if they stay healthy. Um, they were a 103-win team, and they just added the best pitcher in baseball. One of the best pitchers in baseball. The best. You know, Come on. Well, you have your stupid Mets fans oh, who are going to bitch and moan about best. DeGrom. But he should have won the Cy Young this last year. Verlander won it. He should have won the Cy Young. Um, but you have a guy here who wants to be a Yankee, who's wanted to be a Yankee, who brought the sign that he was that was in a picture from the 2001 World Series to the press conference. You think that was real? That was real. 100%. 100% real. He could easily fudge that. But why would you go through that trouble to fudge it? Why not? But why would you? It doesn't make sense. Because because you know because you, know, you know that you know that uh Yankee fans are fucking passionate as hell if they see that and like Oh, he kept that shit. Oh, my God, yeah, he's for real. I knew it. Meanwhile, he could just get some fucking baited-ass yellow tape, put it on the put it on a, a piece of poster board, and that's it. Call it a day. Well, I, I, I'm not... Listen, I I'm, think not, it's I'm not trying to be... I'm not trying to be an ass here. I think it's real as well. But it was interesting that someone brought, brought that up to me. Like, oh, do you really think that was real? I was like, I never thought about it being fake. Like I said, I thought like you. Why would anyone even do that? You know, it doesn't make any sense. You know, but the thing is, is that everybody was complaining about the the term and the and the money. Now, what really helped Garrett Cole was that Strasburg signed. This is like we should we should have a segment where you break down contracts before Cole did. You do this all the time, and I'm good at it. Yeah, you understand the contracts. Like I literally did this to Puma. I'm like, oh, you know, I love that we signed him, but man. It's a long time, and then he's like, "Well, let me tell you. Let me break the contract down for you, Chen." So, <laughs> uh, let me break it down for you, Chen. I'm gonna break it down for the audience. Garrett Cole is 29 years old. Strasburg is 32 years old. So, Strasburg is gonna sign a seven-year, 245 million dollar deal. It's obvious that Garrett Cole is gonna get more years and more money. So, what happened? He got two more years, and he got more money. He was he's the type of pitcher that you pay for. He's got a good track record with durability. He's isn't he doesn't have the same amount of mileage on his arm than let's say CC did when CC signed the, in two thousand and nine. Um, but the way the contract shook out, it, it makes sense. It's what the market pointed to because of the fact that Strasburg signed for seven two forty five. Before Strasburg signed, the Yankees were rumored to off wanting to offer um, Strasburg for that money. He wanted to offer. Um, uh, Cashman wanted to offer him the amount of money of um, seven years and 245. So once that came through, that Strasburg got it, obviously Cole was going to get more. Um, you know, the thing about Cole is that the, the money is worth it. You knew he was going to be the highest paid pitcher in baseball when he hit free agency, and that's exactly what happened. So you can't blame the Yankees for going to that level. You can't say the Yankees are buying a championship. That's what the market dictated, and that's what the Yankees had to do to get them, and that's what they did. Um, you know, 
And there are rumors out there that the Angels and the Dodgers had eight-year, $300 million contracts on the table for him. And the Yankees were able to go to the ninth year. And you know what? Say what you want. Say, you know, the Yankees are buying their championships. But if you look at the way the roster is constituted, the Yankees are built with homegrown players. They have Judge, Sanchez, Torres, and Duhar. Um, they have Tachman. They have Frazier. They have Gardner. They have... Severino, they have all these guys, you know, and there's more guys that I haven't named that are here because of because of the way the Yankees have built their farm system up. So if you have to bring in a piece to make that team better, that's what you're going to do, and that's the rules. So the people that are saying, oh, well, you know, the Yankees are going to buy their championship, they can go walk, take a long walk off a short fucking pier because they're not – they're not doing that. That's not how they built this team. They didn't, like in 2009, they bought that championship. They went and signed Burnett. They went and signed Teixeira. They signed CeCe. You know, they signed three big name guys to come in to, 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 to push that team up. This time, you know, the last couple of years, they've built this team through trades. They didn't sign Harper. They didn't sign Machado. They didn't sign Corbin. They signed these guys that were their guys. Judge is their guy. D, uh, uh, not Didi. Torres was their guy. Mm. The you know, they got Torres didn't play in the major leagues before they traded for him. So yeah. technically they broomed, they brought him into their system. Right, they fair. developed him and then they called him up. That's fair. Okay? That's fair. So you know, you have Andujar. You have you know, yeah, Urshela had major league time coming in, but the Yankees brought in Urshela, developed him a little bit more, developed his bat, brought him up. You know, if you want to look at the free agents the Yankees brought in that are helping this team, it's going to be Cole, and it's going to be LeMahieu. Okay? Hicks, they traded for Hicks. Yeah. And Hicks was already a major league player. But you know what? Hicks developed in the Yankees it, with the Yankees, and the Yankees signed him to an extension. Uh, John Carlos Stanton trade wasn't a free agent. This contract was already signed. So there's really two bona fide free agents that they've signed off the open market in the last couple of years to help this team be where they are. Everything else was either trade or they brought them up. So, people across the river can complain and say, oh, well, you know, blah, 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 blah. Listen, everybody's talking about a window for the Mets. There is no window. I'm sorry. There is none. And I'm not hating on them. Look at the team. Look at how they're constituted. You signed Dellen Batanzas. Good fucking for you. Okay? Even though Dellen Batanzas is one of the best relievers in baseball, and... I can I know that because I've watched him for the last couple of years pl pitch in New York. He's hurt. He he threw twelve pitches last year tore his Achilles. You're paying him to be hurt. You're paying him. You're not going to see him until May. So and anytime somebody puts on a Met uniform, they suck. Edwin Diaz. Do I have to say more? So you know. And do you do you really think that? Pete Alonso is going to come out and have the year that he had last year. Judge didn't. Do you really think Alonso is going to do it again? I don't think so. I think the numbers are going to come down. Um, you know, and when you have your players running around with wild boars to the point that they reorganized his contract in Joanna Cespedes, your franchise is a joke. I'm sorry. You have no, you have no say in what the Yankees do. You don't. Fix your problems first. Then you can talk about the Yankees. But, 
that's my whole Garrett Cole Why thing. Why are you talking about the Mets? Why are you talking about the Mets, dude? Because... There was no need to touch upon the Mets. No, because you want to know why? Find a way to just bring them in. Because you want to know why is because in in another group me that I'm in, when the Yankees signed Garrett Cole, the one Mets fan in there was bitching and moaning about it. And this is one of the he's one of the reasons why I hate the Mets so fucking much. <laughs> okay, and I need to say that. And and not for nothing, he's also the asshole that's sitting here saying that Derek Cheater is not going to be an anonymous Hall of Famer. He's going to unanimous. be unanimous. Okay, he's going to be a unanimous Hall of Famer. Don't sit <laughs> here, know, don't sit here and tell anonymous. me, don't sit here and tell me that he's not going to be because your best shortstop in the last two decades was Jose Reyes. Okay, don't don't sit here and tell me that. So you know what, Matt? It's not about you. It's not about me hating on the Mets. It's because of the one person that I deal with every day that's a Mets fan is bitching and moaning about Garrett. Apologize to all the Mets fans for this guy. No, <laughs> this guy's making you hate everybody. You're letting one guy just be like, I have to get this off my chest in the show. So, you know, <laughs> but realistically, you know, Chen. a lot of real estate in your head right now, I must say. The Mets have a lot of real estate. <laughs> they he's do. Got, he's got acres of space. They there. do. They do. And you want to know something? It's well worth it, too. Uh, Chen's, Chen's did ask me a question in the episode that wasn't released. And he said, who's the better pitcher, it, Garrett Cole or DeGrom in New York? And I respectfully said, and Chen's can back me up in here, I said it's too early to tell who's going to be because Garrett Cole hasn't thrown a, a pitch in a Yankee uniform yet. So I will give the Mets that much. That's not answering the question, though. I can't answer the question. Oh, uh, come on. Okay, <laughs> fine. <laughs> fine. No, it's, Dar- it's, Gar- it's, it's Garrett Cole. Oh. It's Garrett Cole. Yeah. Uh. Garrett Cole is 36-10 and 10 with an ERA under two in the last two seasons. Oh, crickets and a pause. You know that I'm right. No, I said just, I'm taking Degrom. After a pause. Think, you didn't think about no, it. there's you no pause. Think. Wait for you to finish. Well, well, Degrom, I can say 100% certain I'm taking the two-time reigning Cy Young winner. Okay, did those over. two ti- did those two Cy Youngs get you a playoff appearance? Oh. So what? It's there's a picture. There's one, uh, one picture get you the playoffs. Offense. To rely on. Well, and, and, he, and he had trash cans and cameras and things and, like that, but that's besides the point. And Verlander, nice. See, at least you went, at least you, you went and got a jab on a different team. Too. You know, but we'll, we'll talk <laughs> about that. And also because the Red Sox are, are, are jumping in on the fray with cheating after saying they wouldn't do it anymore after the Apple Watches, but we'll I talk about that. I need to find a gift for this moment right now. So, Excuse me. you know, <laughs> <laughs> um, the reason why I'm not going to take the Grom is because his success didn't mean team success. Baseball is not an individual sport. So what if you win a Cy Young? You didn't make the playoffs. You didn't get to the World Series. And not for nothing, in the World Series, DeGrom's got an ERA of like seven and a half. And that's the only World Series he's ever going to pitch in in a Mets uniform. I think I think you're taking away from the fact that the Mets offense was very anemic for just his starts, too. It's not even like in general. They were average. And I'm hoping... It always seemed like his starts were the ones where they just like, we're going to have two hits and... Eight innings. Well, I'm, and I'm hoping the Yankees don't do that either. I hope that the Yankees don't feel comfortable with Cole on the mound and the offense goes to sleep when he pitches. Uh, they still need to score runs. Um, but um, personally, the pitching in the National League East compared to pitching in the, Ameri- in, in, the, in the American League period, no comparison. The American League is a harder, harder league to pitch in consistently and better because... You know what? You you don't face a DH. You face a pitcher, okay? 
So <laughs> you like that? <laughs> you know, are you are you making fun of me? <laughs> I gotta see this. <laughs> yes, I am Arthur. <laughs> Arthur clenched fist. You know, but what I'm saying is, is that worry about your team. Don't bitch and moan about the Yankees and what they're doing. That's my point with this one person. And, you know, he does he doesn't listen to the show, so I'm not gonna name him by name. But he is the reason why the Met, the uh, Met, uh, the Mets are in my craw because of the fact that he bitches and moans when the Yankees go sign a free agent and says, "Oh, they overpaid." That's what the market pointed to. The market pointed to that. Now, the Mets, like I said, the Mets have more problems to fix than just their bullpen. They're off, like Matt said. I'm jumping on what Matt said. Their offense is anemic. Okay. Okay, well, I'm telling you right now, they're not. The Phillies are better. The Phillies got much better. The Braves are good, and the Nationals are the. Who are the Nationals, gents? Current uh, World Series champs. Thank you. Rede- redemption. <laughs> um, you have those three teams in your division in the playoff spot. I don't. Uh, and that, they're not going to win a division. Maybe they're maybe in the wild card race, but there are too many teams in the National League that are head and shoulders better than the Mets. It's true. Look, just look at the numbers. Look at the numbers. Look at the rosters. It's the same conversation with the Yankees. Who's gonna Who's going to compete with the Yankees in the American League? The White Sox are not ready yet. Even though the White Sox have gotten better, the White Sox have been one of the most active teams in the offseason. They brought in a bunch of guys, resigned a bunch of guys. They're all young, which is good. They're all all their their core is signed through like twenty twenty three outside of some veterans. Um. They're on the upswing. Uh, the Indians are on the downswing. Um, the Twins are the Twins. Okay, the Yankees own the Twins. Um, the Astros got worse. Uh, the Angels got a little bit better. They got the bat they needed to protect Trout. Um, the Red Sox, you know, haven't done anything to fix their bullpen. Um, so there's nothing in the American League that scares me to say the Yankees shouldn't be the representative in the in the American League in, in in October. And that's not Yankee boy, that's just looking at the facts. Trash cans. So Well, that was, you know, now now good swing. So we talked about the free agency a little bit. Um so now what one of the biggest other the other things that's dominating this the headlines in the MLB is the Houston Astros and now the Boston Red Sox in this new cheating scandal that's going on. Um, according to the Athletic, I'm going to give them credit because they're the one that broke this story. The Houston Astros had a camera in center field that was trained on the catcher's dick of the opposing team. That was, and the feed was to a screen right next to the dugout. And players would watch the screen, decipher the signs, and bang on trash cans for the hitter to know what was coming, whether it was off-speed or whether it was a fastball. Now, that's cheating. Now, the Red Sox, they're saying they would go into the video room 
and they would relay signs when there was a runner on second base to, to the runner and who would relay the signs to the hitter. Now, the interesting thing about both of these things that are going on is that Alex Cora was the bench coach in 2017 for the Red Sox, uh, for the Astros, what was going on, and is the head coach of the Red Sox. So now they're talking about a punishment coming down in the next couple of weeks. Now, in my estimation, you know, and what they're saying is that no player is going to get penalized for this. It's going to be more front office fines and the coaching staffs that are going to get suspended. And again, got to bring them up. The Mets have hired Carlos Beltran, who also had a say and who was also on that 2017 Astro team. So he might not even make his managerial debut until the suspension is over, if he gets suspended, which I think he should. Just like Alex Cora is going to get suspended. But, you know, what do you guys think? Do you think what the Red Sox did was cheating? Probably, if you look at the definition of what you can and can't use plainly, I mean, do other teams do it? Um, probably, but they haven't been caught yet. So it's kind of like, if you ain't cheating, you're not trying, or vice versa. I don't know how those saying goes, but if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. It's right, exactly. So I, something like steroids, right? Steroids were technically illegal, but how many guys do you think did it and haven't got caught, or did it and tried to hide what they were doing? Made it more fun, made it more interesting, but it, it, that's, I think, a little different in terms of making more fun to watch. But stealing signs and, and portraying that and sending it to your teammates and to get an advantage in that sense, it's uh, it's definitely a gray area that, you know, it gets people talking about baseball, it gets publicity, and probably not the, the publicity that the, the purists and the, the, the boomers of baseball want, but at the end of the day, it gets people talking about it and, and – We'll get more interest, maybe, to see like, oh, what's going to happen now between these two teams when they meet, and hopefully in the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what I'm thinking is, is this: there's a difference. There's a difference when you're using technology, and when you're using other means off the field to to get an advantage. If there's a runner on second base, and he's able to get rid, get the code of the signs and break it, and then relay that to the players in game. That's fair. That's gamesmanship. That's part of the game. Do a better do a better job of disguising your signs. But or if a pitcher is tipping his pitches, you know, which you know we know a lot about with Severino. Severino was was doing the same exact thing. Um, was doing the was tipping his pitches. Glass now said he was uh, doing uh, tipping his pitches as well. Um, you know, but. There's a difference between, like I said, there's a difference between doing it on the field in real time compared to using technology to do that. You know, I, I, I believe that it's important for people to understand the difference between the two. You know, if you're, we do it all the time. If there's a, if you're coaching first base as a coach, if you're coaching first base and you can see the catcher's sign down the first baseline and you're able to decipher those signs, that's not cheating. That's, that's just part of the game. Do a better job of hiding your signs. If you have a runner on second base and you only put down one sign and then the pitcher throws a fastball and then the next sign is a curveball and it's a, it's a deuce, obviously, you know, you're not hiding your signs. The teams can pick it up. So that's just the nature of the beast. But when you're using technology and you're using video and, and, and you know, things like that, I think it's cheating. Even with the Red Sox. Yeah, you know what? 
the person who was actually giving the signs was on the field, but they were getting their information from a video feed. Um, you know, and this is the second time the Red Sox have gotten burned. A couple of years ago, they got burned with Apple Watches in the dugout. Mm, I remember that. Yeah. So, you know, people, and I've heard like Michael Kay on his radio show when they were talking about it this week saying that he doesn't think it's cheating because everybody has that technology of the video room. But at the same time, like you said, people are cheating if they haven't gotten caught yet at the same time. But we don't know that. We just know who's been caught and what they've been using it for. So, you know, I think what needs to happen is MLB needs to come down hard with punishments. Um, I think that's expected. They need to set an example, uh, make an example of the Astros. Exactly. And the Red Sox, I think. I don't think, I think the Red Sox's uh, punishment should be a little bit less than the Red Sox, uh, than the, in the Astros. Um, you know, this isn't college. You can't vacate championships. Um, but I think that when it, when it's all said and done and when it comes down to it is that the, Video room needs to be moved away from the dugout. It needs to be in a different part of the ballpark where players cannot, players on the active roster or players on the active 40-man roster in the dugout cannot access the video room until after the game. Now, you can have a separate room for them to watch video of themselves at bat because they do do that. They do go in, like DHs go in between and watch their at-bats and see what's going on and how pitchers are pitching them. That's fine. But to go and specifically use it for signs is wrong, in my opinion. You know, and I'm also talking as a pitcher who's very, I'm always paranoid about runners on second base and knowing signs. I'm very paranoid about that. So, you know, it just makes it even worse. That now you have to worry about people using cameras to figure out your side rather than a runner on second base. Chance. What do you I, think? Yeah, I agree. I agree with you. So... You know, other than that, that's the whole MLB <clears throat> thing. Pit- pitchers and catchers report in about five weeks. Um, you know, and then we'll be able to talk about more of our predictions when the rosters are more fully set. Um, you know, we could talk about the minor league team that is the Mets. Uh, we could talk about the American League powerhouse New York Yankees. If you guys want to look at the, the, the gift I sent in our group, I think it's pretty good. Another one? I, sp- I spent quite a lot of time trying to trying to get it. <laughs> That's why Jones was not invested in this conversation. Exa- exactly. <laughs> oh, the guy from Billy Madison. Oh, he actually says all Mets fans. Or did you put that I, in there? That's what I was adding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. This is going to be a fun baseball season when it comes to all said and done. Um, I fucking hope the Mets do really well. <laughs> do you want? Do you want to see me in an insane asylum? Seriously, you know. Um, well, honestly, honestly, if the Mets plan on doing anything, these are the, the these next two seasons are they're gonna, what they're going to have to do. Because they're not going to pay Syndergaard. Um, they're going to have they're they're going to not they can't pay McNeil and Alonzo. You know why? They don't have the money. They what, don't pay what, people. What, oh, they're, just, they're getting new owners. Oh, well, well, yeah, they're getting new owners. Yeah, we'll fucking see what happens with that. <laughs> All right, let's let's let's. Move you cheer like it's a bad thing. Like, <laughs> you know what? Competition. You know, like I said, I've been saying this for a long time, and uh, it's a hundred percent true. I know what you're. I the know Mets, what you're gonna say. The Mets are in the biggest media capital of the world. They have their own TV network, and they act like they're they're acting like they're a team in Kansas City. Okay. If you should, if the Wilpons didn't get in their fucking Ponzi scheme with Bernie Murdoff, they'd be a little bit better. Okay. Um, 
Murdoch. <laughs> Bernie who? Bernie Sanders. Bernie Madoff. <laughs> That's what I said, Madoff. Murdoff. Murdoff. Play it back. Nikki, play it back. Murdoff. <laughs> See, that, but the point is, is that if you had owners that actually didn't get themselves into wrapped up into shit that they did and actually spent money, you know, it might be a different story. But they're not bringing in the high... Who's the high... The most high-profile free agent they've brought in the last 20 years? Who, the Mets? Yeah, Jason Bay. Cespedes? Come on, Jason Bay, Puma. Cespedes was not a free agent. He was a trade and they extended him. Uh, he, he was a free agent. He was went to free agency and they, they got him in free agency. He upped it out. Let's see. All right, so Cespedes or someone else? Cespedes, who spent most of his whole contract, he signed on the DL or the IL. That one year, dude, he was amazing for them. The Come year on. before he signed the extension. Oh, the year before the extension, okay. And then he's fighting with wild boars. Hey, man. That's what you got to do. Okay, what Yankee do you see in the news oh, that's fighting with wild God. boars? I know. Listen. The closest thing to that is Aaron Boone when he tore his ACL playing basketball. Or Shane Spencer slicing his foot on the cruise. Or, or um, but I mean, we've had our, our, our yeah, dude. What about what about Mariano well. shagging fly balls and, and getting hurt? Yeah, but that's on the baseball field. That's not what a wild animal. Your closer should not be doing that. All pitchers do that. You ever been to batting practice? Every pitcher is out there. All right. Well, if I were the Yankees, I'd say you got to sit down. Every, <laughs> everyone else can fucking play, but you got to stay. <laughs> old, old Ben Rivera can't be out there yeah. too long. Yeah. Yeah. Well. You know what? I'd rather take Rivera tearing his ACL on the field than losing a player to a wild boar. Fine. Fair. Okay. Let's anyway. Move, let's move on. So let's get Chen's back engaged here. Yeah, with hockey talk. No, with <laughs> with NBA talk. There's nothing to talk about. So talk about the Knicks. The Knicks have, why? The Knicks have, why? Looked, the Knicks have looked better. All right. The Knicks have looked a little marginally, bit better. Marginally. Marginally. It's like, I mean, they were like absolute dog shit. Now they're like... Kind of dog shit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. At least they're they're kind of being competitive. Um, I don't know. It's the same thing I, I I've been saying. It's Not that, really. I mean, they got their dicks yeah, they got their, on the right. West Coast. Trip. They did. They did. Yeah. Um, it's they, the same. It's the same oh. shit that I've been talking about all season. Is that I like a couple of their young players. I think that Mitchell Robinson's becoming a really nice player for them. Um, he can protect the rim. He gets a lot of boards. He runs the floor well for a big guy. He's basically a DeAndre Jordan, which I think could be valuable on a team that that needs to build up to be a championship-caliber team. R.J. Barrett looks really good. I think the Knicks are happy with uh, picking him. Kevin Knox looks like uh, a waste, another another terrible draft pick. Um, Dennis Smith Jr.'s lost. Uh, your best player is Marcus Morris. Maybe or Julius Randle. Uh, is going to get traded. Yeah. So, but so I just saw something interesting that they are talking to the Pistons and possibly bringing uh, uh, the fuck is Andre Drummond to the Knicks for yeah exactly for um, for uh, Dennis Smith Jr. and Bobby Portis. And it's like the Knicks have. I'm gonna do that trade just because, like, I'm tired of Portis's fuckery. Yes. Like, you see when he, when he, like, he just—I mean—he's a good guy to have in the fight, but I don't really know. Like, if we just want us to be fighting every team, yeah. Like, when he fucking took out uh, yeah. KCP and the Lakers, yeah. like, totally knocked him out. Yeah, I mean, the, the Knicks have 20 power forwards 
who can also play center. Um, they're just, you know what they are? They're just, they're hoarding all of them. So during the trade deadline, teams are going to have to trade with the Knicks. I mean, that's what it seems like. No joke. That's what it seems like <laughs> because they're going to get rid of, they hopefully they, I don't know, maybe possibly get rid of Portis and Dennis Smith Jr. for Andre Drummond. So now you're going to have Andre Drummond and Mitch Robinson playing together. Uh, now, is that a good thing or a bad thing? No, it's terrible. Neither, neither. I, I don't hate it from the sense that we're just gonna have Block City, hopefully. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, oh, no, yeah. I play it, but Block Block City, but you have two players who play exactly the same. One's just a lot thicker than the other. Well, let me ask you this: Is Drummond's contract expiring? Dude, is it is an not, expiring? I'm contract? not. This is not the boardroom with James Puma. I don't know. I'm not into the contract thing. I, I'm not sure. <laughs> let me see. That's you gotta know. be a segment that we do. I was trying to find a sound bite that we can that we can play every time you talk about contracts. You know, the thing is, like is stock that- market shit. <laughs> Stonks. You yeah, know, exactly. well, the, this is the thing, though. The thing is, that's Dateline. Um, oh, whatever. But the thing is, is that, like, especially with, you know, baseball, it's different <clears> because baseball, there is, there's a luxury tax. There's no hard cap. But with basketball, there is a cap. Uh, with hockey, there's a cap. So contracts matter. Length of contract matters. Oh, yeah, yeah, sure. So, I just don't, I just don't know what it is. He's a free agent next year. Okay. So, so it's an expiring contract yeah, so with Drummond. So no, 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 no. Next year. Not, oh, so not, not after this year. So it's a year. We're in 2020 next year. Yeah, 2021. Got it. Got it. Okay. So what? What? Um, what? What is he making? He made a lot. 28 million, or the cap is 27 this year, 28 next year. Okay. So the Knicks who are rebuilding, I feel like we've been saying that for 20 years now. You know, you could take that contract on. You know, for the 28 million. I mean, like Matt was and saying, we have we have all these power forwards. And like he was making light out of it, but it does kind of make sense that now they're going to trade these guys. Like Marcus Morris has been having a, a pretty good season. I think he's a lot their of best con- player. Yeah, I think a lot of contending teams would like to have. And him he on wants there. to stay in New York. For what I've I seen, I don't know why. Why the fuck do you want to stay here? Get the fuck out. Well, you know what it is. I, I think that you know with the Knicks, it's. I think it's, you can correct me if I'm wrong here, but outside of Julius Randle, they and I don't know if. If he, this other guy is Marcus Morris. Marcus Morris is on a multi-year deal, but they signed a lot of guys to no. one-year deals. Yeah, no, that's what they did. So, well, no, the whole point is they're they're going to 2021 for the free agency class for that, that one. Then that's so my yeah, point. Because, take dr- because that worked so well in. this past year. So, hey. you know, well, let, let's see so who I the coach is. I have zero faith. Let's see who. Team. Let's see. Who, hopefully, you know, in my opinion, hopefully they do it. Hopefully they bring in Van Gundy, but he's we'll not going to come back. This guy not hasn't pitched in down. fucking fifty years. He's he not hasn't coming pitched. Back. He hasn't coached. Uh, I get it. Okay, give it to me. I deserve it. Give me. He the hasn't sound. pitched. Whatever. Whatever. So, <laughs> at least I'm not making up words. <laughs> you know, um, but hey, 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 don't make fun of me. Here. Um, but you know, I, I honestly feel like the Knicks, if they can bring in a good coach, if they can bring in. Maybe like a Thibodeau or something like that, you know. And they can no, get... God no. I'm just saying. No, I'm no. I'm just saying a coach of that, a coach of that, um, of that. What has <laughs> Thibodeau done, or a coach that? What would be an equivalent? Like I don't know a guy that. Who would you want them to bring in? His players. Who do I want? I want someone that's going to be able to implement a system that's going to be pertinent for this NBA with a team that he can control. With a GM that knows what the fuck he's doing, and with Dolan out of there, so that fairy tale My, happens. Well, I Dolan's no not leaving. Dolan's ain't going anywhere. So here's yeah, I, I'm with you, Matt. I think the biggest change that needs to happen, even before the head coach, is Steve Perry. 
yeah, you gotta get new front office guys. They've been saying, but they've the been, they've they been saying that since the I, fuck they've out, been man. saying that since Isaiah Thomas, though. You know when they brought in, it's, and then they brought in Phil Jackson, and then they're bringing in Steve Perry and Mills and all these people, and it's not working. You know, unless they get the kid, the guy, the kid, the guy from uh, Toronto. Yes. Yeah, but they're talking about trading actual draft picks, and that's, that's just beyond stupid. Like he's going to trade rape himself so that he can go to a team that doesn't have the draft capital. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make sense. However, I, I would still, I would, I would still go for him. You know, he's well, he's there's hope for him. There's yeah, well, you, you know what? They they hit like you said. They hit. They they like what Barrett's at. They've hit with Barrett, so you have somebody to build around with Barrett. You know, how could you fuck up Dennis Smith? I mean, I guess maybe he's not as good as everyone thought he was, but he was a solid rookie, and then he started to taper down a little bit in the, the following year. But I guess his game he, is, is he very. Had the wonderful. tragedy too. I think like that probably affected him. Oh, as well. for sure, for sure. You know, I I think that you know the Knicks. If you see that if the Knicks who Knicks bring in, you know maybe Dennis Smith Jr. is a systems player. Maybe he's the system that they're he's in right now. Plus the tragedy isn't meshing. With yeah, him. he's just he's just a he he's a scoring bunches kind of guy by driving to the lane. He's not much of a shooter. He doesn't really play defense. Um, you know Alfred Payton has been coming like a pretty decent player for them as well. Um, What's Noah Kina doing? Noah Kina's doing the same bullshit, man. Same bullshit. He'll, one night he'll. He'll fucking go off, and then the next night he'll score four points. Like again, the Clippers game, he was playing pretty well. Yeah. And then, again, oh again, I think he'd be a nice player to have on a contender, like a, 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 any contender who can use a, a perimeter defending guard, who like a, who, like, who occasionally can hit the three. But the he three. he's a, he is not a point guard. So he'd he be cannot, like a good sixth, he, seventh man off a he, contending he, he team. Cannot, yeah, he cannot run. Uh, an offense. Well, that's been the Knicks' problem for years is they haven't had a point guard. Yeah, so they don't have a true point guard. They haven't had a true point guard since who? Latrell Sprewell? Was he even a point guard? Stephon Marbury. No, Sprewell was, Sprewell was Marbury, yeah. You know, Marbury. But, Jer- Jeremy Lin. You know, they had Marbury. They've had Raymond Felton. They had Chauncey yeah, Billups. Yeah, they Felton. had, you know, see, I know enough about the Knicks to know who their past couple point guards have been. You know, they had, uh, uh, what's his game? Um, oh, Pablo Prigioni. No, Pablo Prigioni and the other guy, Sasha Vujicic. Vujicic. Wasn't he uh, a point guard too? Yeah. And they had fucking the shooting Alex- guard. You know, Alexei Shved. You know, the problem is, is that it's. Shred sanity. You know, now, <laughs> yeah. so let me see if I can make you guys a little bit more. If the front office gets smart and they go and get the top point guard in this draft and pair him with Barrett and then use the cap space to bring in players to, to form a decent core around Barrett and that point guard. And they bring in a decent coach that can groom that point guard and yeah, Barrett. Of course, if if, well, if. I'm that's saying a if. Of, it's a, a lot, lot of, of but it's not that ra- out of the realm of the possibility because they're going to get a high draft pick again. It's all it all starts with the the front office. If the front office can draft the point guard, no, 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 no. they got to get the fuck out. Okay, they gotta, like, that's they the only. Have, they have to ch- yes, because these guys have not done a single thing right. Okay. All right. Well, so change change the GM and, and president or whatever. And then go from there. Makes get somebody who's gonna make a, an informed hire. Hire someone who's you know what? Maybe Mike Miller is a decent coach, but he just has a fucking weird roster. They well, have like twenty, t- like ten point guards, ten power forwards, and then everyone else is just whatever. If you compare him to what the job that Fizdale did, he's done a better job than Fizdale. He's gotten more out of this team than Fizdale did. 
You know, I guess I don't know. You know, the thing about Fizdale is that they brought him in to sign these big free agents, and it didn't happen. And then he was too much of a players' coach. You have him coming on press conferences saying, "Yeah, you know, we weren't prepared to play tonight." What self-respecting head coach will turn around and say, "We were not prepared today"? I don't know, but I'm done talking about the Knicks. Okay. I want to wait, wait before I'm not done with NBA yet. Okay, keep going. There is one, you know, now trade rumors are starting to heat up a little bit, um, and there was one trade that I thought would be re- really fucking interesting. Matt, I don't know if you saw this. It was uh, C.J. McCollum possibly going to the Sixers. Mm. Yeah. If the, if the Sixers can make that happen, that would That's be... interesting. Yeah, but who would they give up? Uh, fuck, who was it? Uh, it really wasn't too much. I mean, they would have to give up some of their Sixers like key role players, but to get a, another guy like McCollum to score the way he does... I I think that would be an amazing pickup and really really push them to the top of the contention. But for me, I think the team to beat in the East is no doubt Milwaukee. Um, I can't believe how good Giannis is, and he's still getting better, and that's scary as hell. Yeah, I think. Uh... Until they show any signs of weakness and and something that's not going to be able to stop them besides injury, I would agree. It, it's it's Toronto's not going to be there. No, no. but but uh, they didn't look good on on, uh, on Christmas Day. No, no, but so I mean, I, they I have freaking six losses the whole year, Milwaukee. Yeah. Yes, yeah. ridiculous. But he he puts up crazy numbers every fucking game. It's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. I I I think he's I think he's next, man. I think he's the next. He's gonna be the next superstar of the league if he's not already. You know the the guy. Oh, like, I mean, got, he's got the he's got the size. He's he, got the size. He's got the the <clears throat> athleticism. It's all there. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. He's got the mentality. I saw something yesterday. Uh, oh, fuck, I forgot what he said, but it was just like. When I read it, I was like, man, he really, he, that's what's really setting him apart from everybody else. I, I thought he was just this, which I think he is, a humble, you know, guy from Greece who came from, like, nothing, and now he's a star in the NBA. But there was something, I forget what, I wish I, I, wish I kept it, but, like, I just remember that when I read it, I was like, whoa, I wasn't expecting well, he, this. He also was training with, with Kobe. Oh, he was trained with Kobe, well, so I know. think like that's probably helping his mentality oh, wise. Hell well. yeah, hell yeah, for sure. But anyway, just just thought I'd give that a quick shout out. Yeah, I mean the trade deadline is coming yeah. up, and I even saw Mor- Morris's name linked to the Sixers as well. But yeah, whatever, you know, we'll we'll see what happens. Uh, but now, Chenz, if you got to use the bathroom, no, because I got to tell you about my source. Now is the time. So now let's talk about let's talk about what's going on on the ice. And that of the hockey world. Um, so I actually had the privilege of being at the Ranger game on Monday night, uh, Tuesday night, against the Avalanche and watching Prince Igor make his NHL debut. Um, and of course, in his NHL debut, his first shot that he sees in the NHL is a goal. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, right? But after seeing two, two games of him, after seeing him play against New Jersey 
Matt, I, I know you referenced him hope, hoping that his first start would have came against the Devils. Um, but it came against a, actually a high-scoring Avalanche team that he was able to hold to three goals. I mean, that's that's important to, 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 to throw out there because of the fact they're so high-scoring. And he stepped up in his NHL debut and, and kind of held them, held them at bay. Um, you know, he also came out and played a good game against the Devils. Um, and the Rangers won both games. Um, you know, we'll talk about the Rangers first, and we'll talk about the the whole NHL and the whole and just like the NBA, the trade de- the trade deadline is approaching, and the Rangers are going to be very heavily involved in the trade deadline. Um, they have a lot of names that are going to be either dealt or kept. They have to make decisions on a few guys, and we'll see what they do. But with Shesterkin, now with Shesterkin, he plays. He's a different goaltender than than what we're used to seeing. Uh, Lundqvist is a reactionary goaltender who plays deep in his crease, deep in his net. Um, doesn't really come out of his net that often. Um, and instead of, and he's very handsy. Steve Aliquette, um, in his breakdown with the three goaltenders, you know, said that Hank is very handsy. He's very reactionary. Uh, Shosturkin's different. Shosturkin is out in his crease. Shosturkin is very aggressive with his glove. Uh, from what I've seen, he can control the puck. He doesn't give up a lot of rebounds. Um, but one of the big things I like that Hank doesn't do is Shesterkin can play the puck. And Matt, did you watch that game? Did you have time? I watched a little bit of it when he made that outlet pass that everyone went nuts for at the Garden. Yeah, it was a seventy. It's a caco. Yeah, it was a seventy. Uh, you know, you don't see that from Hank very often. You don't, or at all. You know, every time Hank comes out of the net, I'm like, get back in net, please, don't play the puck, because I've seen him so many times right. flub it. But Shesterkin was able to, in the first like four minutes of his NHL career, have the poise. To put the puck on his, make a save, put the puck on his stick, and make a 70, uh, 70 foot stretch pass to Kako. Um, you know, which is in in long run, if you know Matt, you'll know this better than than Chen's, is that if you have a goaltender that can play the puck, it's going to help take pressure off your defense. It's going to help your defense get the puck out from a forecheck, and it's going to keep forecheckers at bay. And with a young defensive core that the Rangers have, it's going to help them too. So it's kind of nice to have Shesterkin come up and grow with this young defensive core the Rangers have put together um, so that they can grow together and learn how to read off each other and play the puck. Because that's going to be important when it comes to when this team is actually contending. Yeah, it also helped tremendously in the penalty kill because they can't just the other team can't just dump the puck in deep and try and work to, to check it away. If you're, if you're dumping it in deep, Shesterkin is just going to put it right back where it came from. So. You know. That'll help uh, penalty kill short because that's always been a disaster with, the, with these said young defensemen. Yes, and you know the one thing that I want to see from Sisterkin, and you know we kind of saw it a little bit is in the KHL. There's not a lot of traffic around the net. There's not a lot of traffic around the net. It's more of a finesse game. The NHL is different. The NHL there's a lot of traffic, a lot of screens, a lot of a lot of activity around the net, and this is all new to him. So I want to see how he does fight through screens, how he handles with deals with the traffic and not being able to see the puck all the time. Because you know, NHL goaltenders nine times out of ten are going to stop a puck they can see. Um, you know, yep. and that was the knock with Henrik. Henrik, is, uh, listen, he's the king. I love Henrik Lundqvist. He's one of the, he is probably the best goaltender in Rangers history. Um, but his one knock was he had trouble with the screen. He couldn't see the he, if he couldn't see the puck. He, that's where you could beat him. You could beat him high with traffic. That was the that was the thing with with Hank. Now, 
I want to see if Igor can be a little different. Based on what how Igor plays, he's very aggressive. He's always at the top of his crease. So that also helps. You know, it makes yourself it makes him a little bit bigger. But, you know, let, let's see, you know, it's too early in his career to tell you what kind of goaltender he's going to be. But at the same time, if he can fight through traffic, make the tough save, not give up rebounds in front of the net, uh, swallow the puck, and like you, like we both said, control the puck, um, you know, outside of the net and in the trapezoid, he's going to be a very good goaltender. And he, and from what he, what, I, what I've seen of him so far, I'm, I'm very excited um, about Igor. Uh, we've been talking about this kid for the last three years, and he's finally here. Um, but now with Igor, the Rangers have a problem. Now this goes into the trade deadline. They have three goaltenders on their roster right now. They have Lundqvist, Gorgiev, and Shesterkin. Now, there are rumors that Toronto is interested in Gorgiev. Now, do you trade Gorgiev so fast? Do you hold him until the draft? What do you do? Because the thing is, if you trade Gorgiev, you have to keep up Shesterkin, and he's not going to get the reps that he would get, let's say, in the American Hockey League. You know, what do you do? I think you got you got to trade Gorgiev now. Okay. They don't want to have another uh, issue where they had Talbot and they under they overvalued what he was worth and didn't really get the full value they they could have at the trade that at the draft rather. So, in my opinion, you got to be happy with Shisterkin. You got to be okay with what he has. Um, you know, they they have a couple more weeks now to to evaluate and and see if Shisterkin's the guy that they're comfortable with giving the starts because if they're doing the same. Uh, breakdown of games that they were doing with Lundqvist before Shesterkin got there with Gorgiev, I think that's n- not a problem at all in terms of game time and playing. You'll see enough of the NHL shots and, and live action that it'll be okay to to not play him as much in the AHL compared mm-hmm. to what he's going to be playing with, especially in this with these terrible defensemen the Rangers have right now, that he'll be getting the work and, and he'll be seeing shots and getting more comfortable in the surrounding area you know, surrounding environment that he's in. Yeah, I mean, I can understand that that mindset. And I, I agree with you. They did oversell Talbot, and they only got like a fourth-round pick from Edmonton for him at the draft. Um, you know, I just don't know, you know, what the Rangers... The Rangers need forward depth. They have defensive depth. And, you know, I was talking about this with Chen's on the phone yesterday. You know, if you look a year or two in the future, your defensive core is going to be Truba, Shea, Fox... Um, D'Angelo, hopefully. Um, Keandre Miller, Niels Lundqvist, and who I'm missing a big name. Hayek. Labor Rob, Hayek. Robertson. Rob, yeah, Robertson. Oh, yeah. But here's the thing. You have Robertson. You have that kid that kid Rykoff. Um, you know, they have an embarrassment of riches of defensemen. Now, here's the question is who stays and who goes? Now, Stahl's contract is coming off the books after next year, I believe. So he's going to be gone. Um, you know, you're not going to have Brandon Smith anymore either. Um, I don't think Lieber Hayek has showed enough to be a sustainable defenseman. Um, you know, he is coming back. I think this week he's going to make his appearance. Um, I don't, did he play last night? I know Stahl sat last night, but I, I, I didn't get a chance to watch the game, uh, to see if Hayek played, but Tony D'Angelo is in, in front of us is growing into a very, very good offensive defenseman. Um, he can move. Hayek the did play, by the way, last night. He did play. I, I don't know how yeah. he did, but that's the Minus first two in fifteen minutes. Yeah. So you know everybody's blaming the system that they're playing defensively and Lindy Ruff, 
um, you know, watching their system, you know, you the problem with the system that they're playing is they're letting a lot of free walks into their own zone. They need to I think they need to step up a little bit more and and stop and disrupt the rush at the line at the at the blue line. Um, you know, they have played better. They actually rank as the best offensive defenseman group in the league. So you have that going for them, but the problem is they can't play defense. <laughs> they're they're defensemen. They can't play defense. That's the problem. Um, you know, they've looked they looked they you know what? I gotta give credit when credit is due. They've looked a hell of a lot better than they did in October. You know. Um they they're scoring goals. Um, you know, but the problem is you can't outscore your mistakes. And that's where they're at. Um, I think honestly they're they are where I thought they would be. They're about five points out of a playoff spot right now. They're in the hunt. I thought that's where they would be the all year. I don't think they make the playoffs. I think they come up just short. But it's a growth. They're growing and they're getting better. Um, and you know, Panarin's an absolute monster. Um, you know, and he, and the thing about Panarin that these range these these Ranger teams haven't had in a long time is he makes everybody that he plays with better. Um, he's going to get Ryan Strom a contract he doesn't deserve um, in the yeah. long run. Um, you know, and speaking of Ryan Strom, that's a name that the Ranger fans and the Ranger base are talking about. Does he get traded? Do you keep him or do you trade him? Now, there are three names here that we're talking about trades. We're talking about Chris Kreider, Gorgiev, and Strom. Now, I think Kreider does get traded, and I think that Gorgiev gets traded. I think they hold on to Strom. Now well, they need to hold on to Strom because they don't have center depth. No, they do not. And here's the thing: Do you flip Kreider instead of just for conditional draft picks? Now the whole trade that happened between Arizona and New Jersey completely flooded out the market because that was a terrible deal. The Devils flubbed that deal. Um, you know, Arizona actually walked away like gangbuster, gamebusters for that for. For Taylor Hall, you didn't get a, a true, you know, more than one first round pick for him. Yeah, but if he doesn't sign, then it's kind of like just a really expensive rental. Yeah, well, I also think that there's a condition. I think they sent a second pick. If they sign him, if they re-sign him, it becomes a first round pick. It's like the Zuccarello deal. Um, right. With Kreider, I think you're going to get, if you could get a prospect and a conditional second round pick, I think you take it. Um if you get a a, a, pro, a high prospect, not just like a middling prospect that you have to develop, a prospect that's there, that's close, that is a center or, you know, is a winger, um, I think that that's what they should go for. Uh, Kreider has come on in the last couple of weeks. He, he scored a couple of goals at the, during the homestand, um, you know, but at the same time, you know, do you, what are the Rangers looking for in the trade market? Are they looking for prospects or draft picks? Now, the Rangers will be in the lottery. Because they're not going to make the playoffs, um, you know. Can they get another center with their first round pick? Um, I have I don't know what the draft camp class looks like, but you know, with the Rangers, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. I like where they're at. I like they they look a lot better than they did than they did last year. They're progressing in their rebuild, um, and you know what? We'll see what happens. Krasov still hasn't seen any time yet. He he's another one that we're waiting on to see what he looks like in in the NHL. Uh, Leas Anderson is, is as good as gone. Um, you know, that whole story is sad in and itself with mental mental health issues and injuries and, and things like that, even though a lot of it got taken out of, out of context in the Swedish media. Um, you know, you're, that's a seventh, the seventh overall pick that you're not going to, that you've kind of flubbed on. But, 
you know, Kako looks great. Um, you know, he, he's right where you want to be where an eight, for an 18-year-old playing in the NHL with men. Um, you know, he looks like he belongs. He shows flashes. Um, and I think he's, he's he, in his development process, process, he's right where you would want him to be. Um, you know, I disagreed. Did you hear Larry David came on the Michael K show this week? And he was asking yeah. why Kako got benched instead of Greg McKegg. You know what? If David Quinn has shown anything in his couple his two years here, he wants to hold he wants to hold the players accountable for their mistakes. And Kako took a bad holding penalty in the third period. And you know what? If you want to send the, the rookie a message to say, listen, you can't if you want that empty net time to try to the game, you gotta play smart defense you gotta play smart hockey. And if it's a learning moment, which this season is, it's learning moments and it's development, that's what you have to do. You know, but if the Ranger, if Capo Caco is a is a superstar and is a stud, and he's not on the ice with with the empty net when the Rangers are down a goal, I would have a problem. But the kid's eighteen years old, right? So you gotta you gotta you gotta develop the kid. You gotta teach him how to play hockey. You can, you know you know you, you can't just he's eighteen years old. He's still learning. He's still growing into his body. So I can understand where, why Quinn made him ride pine in that instance. You know, do I think Greg McKegg should have been out there instead of him? No. I think there are a bunch of other players that deserve to be out there than Greg McKegg. But what a name. You know. <laughs> but he's a fourth line guy with no he's a fourth line guy with no offensive upside and you're down a goal in the last two minutes of a hockey game. I mean, what do you why is he out there? He's a fourth line guy who plays eight minutes a night. Why is he out there? In my opinion. Yeah. But, you know, other than that, um, you know, the Rangers did go and play the best team in the West last night um, in St. Louis. Um, you know, the West is shaping out to, to see that, you know, it's going to be who could beat St. Louis in the playoffs to get to the Stanley Cup. I think St. Louis has got a great team. Um, I think St. Louis is a favorite to get out of the West. Um, and you have Washington running away with the East again. Um, you know, you have the Islanders in the, in the two spot uh, right there too. They look good. Um you know, but I don't, I don't, like I said, you know, maybe they can compete with Washington. We don't know, you know, but Tampa Bay's, Tampa Bay's finally turned it around. They've won like nine out of their last 10. Uh, I think they beat, they beat um, somebody. They scored like six goals in one period. They won like nine to two. Um, they're finally coming around, um, you know, but it's still early. You know, you really can't give, I really can't give a true assessment on the NHL until after the trade deadline because there will be trades, there will be movement. So, you know, once those trades are made, then we can make, I think, Matt, I think you'll agree, you can make a fair assessment on who's going to be where and who's a favorite and who's not. Yeah, and you see, you see uh, kind of how the, how the rosters react and how the injuries that some teams are, are carrying right now and, players that will be coming back from said injuries are, are going to affect it. And when you kind of get in that playoff, you know, push mentality, you kind of see whether the team's true colors and if they're up for the task or not. Exactly. So, Chen's now, Chen's has been teasing a source about Igor this yep. whole time he's been here, and he hasn't said a word. So, let's see. Okay, so, the, so this person uh, currently plays hockey on a team. That really narrows um, it down. And uh, plays goalie, as a matter of fact. Um, 
So I asked this person, I said, did you see... Is this a mystery source? I'll tell you who it is at the end. Okay. I asked this person, so what do you think about uh, Shesterkin? You saw, did you see he made his debut the other day? And he looked at me and said, yeah, he's good. Next Lundquist, though, I don't think so. And that was it. That was the source. That was the that source. That was it. Who is it? You didn't get a source about who, anything. About who the is guy my, who is the opinion. source? It's one of my second grade students. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! He's like, kid's an animal. He plays uh, he plays goalie like he's a fucking savage. And he's like, well, he wants to be the next Lundquist. That's why he's saying just certain can't be. Yeah. It, so. No, no. Actually, he's a big Islanders fan. Oh, there, there oh, you go. Of course. There you go. Yeah. His brother, so his brother's a Ranger fan, which is that must, that's an interesting household. Uh, but yeah, he's funny. He's like a beast, man. So I always talk, I always ask him for like hockey stuff. He's like, "Oh, coach, I had I had three games yesterday, and I made uh I made like forty saves, and it's not like he's a beast. Love the kid." <laughs> All right, so I can't believe I wasted fifteen seconds on that. Oh please, because um, we we've, we've wasted an hour and a half between Garrett Cole and and Ranger talk. Yeah. <laughs> so you know what? Get out of here. You know what? You know, like I said, I think that um, when it comes to Igor Shosturkin, I think he made a good first impression. Uh, it was actually honestly really weird to hear pe- them chanting his name in the same chant of Henrik. Um, it was How very weird. Would you chant Igor. It was very weird. It was just weird. Igor. Yeah. Ah, that's yeah. a pretty good one. It's pretty good. You know, instead of the Igor. Igor, like that's a little that's that's Henrik, you know what I'm saying? Like, just, but that's like, but it's like every goalie yeah, chant, like every, exactly. you know, like when you went to Islander games when Di Pietro was playing, it was DP, DP. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh-huh. it's just very generic. Um, Not Ricky, you know. Ricky, no, no, <laughs> it was DP. <laughs> Actually, you know what's interesting is the Rangers are going back to the Coliseum, in the remodeled Coliseum, in a couple of weeks. Um, you know, I wanted to go to that game, but the tickets are like $150 to go see them play at the Coliseum. That's crazy. I, fun fact, before we sign off, I was at the last Ranger Islander game played at the Coliseum. That was 2015. Kevin Klein, they were down, the Rangers were down like 4 nothing. came back and won the game in overtime. Um, but that was... Uh, Wait, was that, no, was that the game when Talbot was playing and they, it was like 6-5? Yeah. Final? Mm-hmm. Holy shit. Yeah, that I don't think that was an overtime. That, I'm thinking. Did they win the that game? One was one nothing. Was that well? No. When did, uh, but was Girardi the, scored? Yes, but wasn't McDonough. I? I could, we got to look that up. I'm pretty sure that game went to overtime. Did they come back in regulation? I remember that game was that game was wild. I was at that game too. It was and crazy. That was a great game. Well, I got they, a pair of two goal different. Yeah, four thirty two left overcame a two goal deficit and had three period goals to stun the Islanders six five on a Monday night. Uh, let's see versus Islanders. Yeah. And that's when they won. They won the President's Trophy that year too. Yeah, it was 2015. Yeah. Uh, February. It was February 16, 2015. Yep. Uh, let's see. Oh, I got the box score right here. Uh, let's see. Six five, final. Um. You're right. It was in. It was in regulation. They scored. So it was two one after two. It was four two after. Five, it was four. No, it was two to one after one. Four to three after two, and then six five. The Rangers scored three goals in the third period. 
Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the Rangers were down. Oh, Ryan Strom scored two goals in that game for the Islanders. <laughs> Go figure. Uh, let's see. Tavares and Nielsen scored, made a 2 nothing. McDonough scored, made a 2-1. Boychek scored, made a 3-run. Kreider scored. McDonough scored again. It was 3-3. They tied it 3-3. Then Strom scored two goals to make it 5-3. And then and then the Rangers came back and won. Uh, the Rangers scored at the 15-28 mark of the third period to, t- to win the game. But that was a wild, it was a wild game. You know, it's funny. Ever since the, the Islanders have moved to Barclays, the Rangers have played at played like shit at the Barclays. I think they've maybe won one game at the Barclays Center. Yeah, it's been pretty bad. It's really bad. So it's actually nice that they can go to uh, the Coliseum and maybe, you know, right the ship a little bit. But this is a big, you know, this is a big stretch for the Rangers. They're playing like the next 12 out of 15 games in, in division. So, and, and, and in conference. And the teams are ahead of them. So if they can beat Columbus, if they can beat... I think they're playing the Islanders three times in the next four weeks or four times in the next four they're, weeks. They're, they're playing thir- Thursdays when they play in the Coliseum. So Yeah, they're playing Monday night at the Garden, Thursday at the Coliseum, and then they play again like in two weeks. So they're playing... Yeah. And they haven't played them all year. It's the first time they're playing them all year. So... Mm-hmm. Which, which is bullshit. You know, I, I can't believe that the schedule would allow the Rangers and Islanders not to wait until February or pretty much the end of January to play each other for the first time all year. Um, but... You know, this, these are big games for the Rangers. We'll know who this Ranger team is even without the trades uh, at the trade deadline to see where they're at. Because I think that will also influence them if they're two, two, if they're between four points, if they're four points out of a wild card spot, they might even hold on to these guys instead, except for Gorgiev. I think they'll hold on to Kreider and try to make a run. But we'll see. They're too inconsistent. One night they play a full 60 minutes, one other night they'll play 40 minutes, and then one night they'll just not show up at all. Um, that's the one thing that they have to learn is how to play consistent. But is there anything else? Uh, we actually threw out a Instagram story last night asking for fan questions, and I'll be honest, nothing. Crickets. Nope. So the, fan, the fans have every right to protest. Yes, they, we you know we have been a while. It's been a while. We, we'll take we'll take our suspension for fan questions for this week. <laughs> we'll we'll get better. Team Tiki style. You know. But yeah, we'll, we'll be better. We'll be better. We'll be more consistent. Um, you know, Matt is off paternity leave, um, and you know, we've both we've actually found the day that we could be consistent. So, we will. Chance, you have anything else to add? Yeah, actually, I just want to bring something to Matt's attention. Uh, I don't know if you heard about this, Matt, but your boy Francesco Totti, uh, might be become the agent of my boy Federico Chiesa. Have you, oh. have you heard this? I, I did not hear that. I didn't know he was trying to be an agent. Yeah, neither neither was I. But I I don't know what to think about it. But if I had to feel a certain way, I think I'd feel good. Because, as you and I know, Tati is, is infamous or famous for sticking with one team his entire career. And many people have said that he should have left Roma when he had when he was in his prime to go play at Real Madrid, play with the best, and and you know win. And other people are saying that it's admirable that he stuck with the same team, his his childhood team, for his whole career, and was still looked at as one of the greatest players. Yeah, but he of also talks generation. about the fact that he had some regrets. Yes, about exactly, not- exactly. So it could go both ways. I, I mean. Everything I'm reading now lately is saying that Chiesa is going to leave Fiorentina. Uh, even even uh, what's his name, Rocco, 
has given him permission to leave, but says that he'll sell him only for the right price. And Inter, Juve, and now I'm hearing even Liverpool interested in signing him. So uh, I would think the better money would come from Liverpool. England's just got loads, loads of cash. And obviously right. I'd, I'd want to sell him out out of the league. But uh, I don't know, maybe maybe talk to you and be like, you know what, there's something to be said about staying with your with your team and and making something out of them by yourself. So just wanted to bring that to your attention. Breaking news. Uh, maybe, maybe he'll push him to Roma too. That'd be great. <laughs> yeah, okay. Break, breaking, breaking news here just coming across my desk. Uh, Browns hire head coach. Oh, the wow. Cleveland plans to hire uh, Vikings offensive coordinator Kevin Stefanski as its new head coach. Him, him or uh, the guy from uh, 49ers, but it looks like they want uh, Stefanski. So I, it's funny. I, I, they saw, I guess they're hiring the head coach before the GM. But, um, you know, it's interesting. We were talking about they might be the – we don't know when they were going to hire a head coach, and as we're recording, it comes out. But with that being said, I think that's a good note to end on. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed the show. I hope you guys got a nice laugh. It's good to be back. Um, and with that being said, I am Chen. Uh, I am Chen's. Yeah, I am Chen's. I am Chen's. Uh, that's a great sign-off, guys. Um, with that being said, I am Puma. On the other side of the laptop is Chen's. As always, calling off location. New proud Papa Matt. We hope to see you guys next time, and we will be back next week. Later. See ya. Okay, see ya. Woo!